And good morning. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. A lot to do on the program today coming up in a bit. Our buddy Ken Zalis returns to the program. For those of you that have asked, I'm sorry. I know we should, probably should have made plans for what uh, we're going to do on draft night. I'll try to work on that today. Just a lot going on. Literally, I, I'm in the, the, the stretch. I got through the part. I, the, the worst part of my year is the basketball across season overlap. And then when I get through that, I'm like, oh, thankfully, I can move on. Things will slow down a little bit. And then all of a sudden, the last two weeks, I've had five games a week. And next week, again, I have five games in the week. And part of that is me taking another job. Like, that's on me. All right, I own it. We're going to Kansas City, right, for the draft? No, we're not going to be making that oh. <laughs> that trip. Although I like Kansas City. Actually, now that I think about it, like it's way better than Cleveland. <laughs> I would go – I actually dig Kansas City. I mean, the barbecue obviously is outstanding. Um, they got the Jazz Museum. They got the Negro League Museum. In fact, once upon a time, John from Little Rock and I slept together in Kansas. No, that was, that was Houston. I do think we hung out in Kansas City, though. I think John from Little Rock – before John and I were like really close – like when we were just, I, you know, he it was a friend of a friend situation that right. uh, that uh, connected me with John and Little Rock. Uh, we did hang out, however. I know we did hang out one time in Kansas City because we went to the uh, Negro League Museum and the Jazz Museum together, which was cool. Um, we were like this close to, to when we drove out to Colorado this past summer. Mm-hmm. We drove back. We were this close to like taking a stray dog that we found in Kansas City with us. Um, but if we, but since we're so far from home, we were like, we can't take this dog for you know twenty hours in the car. Uh, yeah, that's a, we were, that's a lot. That's a lot. Luckily, there was that's a trucker. A there was a trucker. We were at a truck stop, so this trucker came by and he, oh, okay. he kind of oh, took was, the dog that's in. That's we were like, all right, good. All right, so we, yeah, could, we had clear yeah, conscience. Right, we had clear you don't have to so feel. It's oh. not like we were just like, all right, well, we can't take it. Yeah, oh my God, you, the trip is ruined. You yes. get you you move five hours, you drive back five hours. Like we gotta go save the dog. I was like, oh, we're gonna name her KC. It's gonna be wow. You really? I know. I wanted this. It was it was it was a very sweet dog. All right. Well, I hope it's doing well. Me too. Me too. Was it a nice trucker? It was. Yeah. All right. Good. He already had a dog with him, and they were already getting along. So I like that. I think it worked out. All right. So there's that part of the program. I don't really know how we got there. The draft, right? And KZ. Yeah. KZ will join us. KZ, of course, said he was retired. No one believed him. <laughs> Not a soul believed him. We all sat back and said, okay, Chief. Uh, he has uh, joined Fantasy Pros, where he will be doing uh, fantasy content for them. As uh, you know, He had to pass things along here to Joe Serpico, and so I, you know, I, I, I certainly get that where you, wanna, you don't want to come back in and be like, hey, can I steal that job back from you? So he's going to be uh, joining Fantasy Pros. He'll be doing a draft for them as well as fantasy stuff. So we'll, we'll talk some draft with KZ this morning. And also, we'll probably have him play Would You Rather Wednesday because Drew's not coming in today. Uh, Jeff Ehrman, InsideMDSports.com. We'll get the latest on Hunter Dickinson or whatever he's allowed to tell us because, you know, he does try to sell subscriptions to his website. So I we'll see. What, I don't know. There's a fine line there. But uh, Hunter Dickinson visited Maryland over the weekend. And, and Jeff, for those that aren't aware, and this I don't think I'm telling you anything that isn't public knowledge, Jeff and Hunter Dickinson weirdly became BFFs. It's a very strange bit where when Hunter Dickinson was trashing Maryland and Jeff Ehrman was like, dude, what the F? Like, <laughs> they were definitely trying to get you. And then he was like transcribing a lot of Hunter Dickinson interviews. Hunter Dickinson one time in a podcast, like name check Jeff. 
and they kind of became buddies. Huh. <laughs> it's a very weird thing. So I don't know. Maybe Jeff can help get Hunter Dickens into Maryland. We'll uh, we'll talk to Jeff about all of that. Um, and also this morning, Russell Melendez from uh, Johns Hopkins, who's had really an outstanding season as the Blue Jays get ready for Maryland on Saturday night down in College Park, where Griffin tells me the weather is going to be perfect, absolutely outstanding, and if it's not, I hold him personally accountable. We will uh, we will get to Russell. He is a Spalding alum. Man, yeah, we could, they could use him this year. It's been tough, tough for Spalding. Uh, feel bad for my guy, Brian Phipps. Love that guy. <laughs> Love him. But uh, he had a very young team this season, and that has shown. So uh, we'll talk to Russell Melendez as uh, it's a big game on Saturday night. In a new print issue of Pressbox, we mentioned yesterday we had it in our hands. Now it is available everywhere you go around town and find Pressbox. Get to your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town to find Pressbox. You can read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. It, it's, it's less a cover story and more sort of a special section, um, like a cover section inside looking at the pipeline that still exists even after – Grayson Rodriguez and Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman have all come up in the last year. Three different top ten prospects, top number one prospects yeah. in uh, two cases. I don't think Grayson ever got the number one. But even beyond those top prospects coming up, there's still a ton there. That's the great news about where the Orioles are as a system is that it's not just as much as you say, hey, they were ranked number one because of the presence of Adley Rutschman. Well, they're still really stacked. And dive in. Where can you see those guys this summer? And maybe some guys that you don't know about, some of the like the international signings, things along those lines. So all of that can be found in this special issue of Press Box, which is available right now uh, at your neighborhood Royal Farms and any of those hundreds of locations where you find Press Box around the region. All right, uh, we begin with the Lamar Meter update today. Lamar Meter update is brought to you by Glory Days Grill, which is where I'm headed after the show today. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. I will probably get the cauliflower. That's what, I mean, that's sort of the way that I live. The cauliflower, the number two sauce is kind of my jam. Somebody says, you go, why? You go through these phases, these phases don't you? You, you were with the, the, well, smoky, the smoky thigh, thigh wings. wings are perfection, yeah. but I just don't eat, I don't typically eat lunch. Like, I know somebody's going to say, it's not healthy, you're an idiot. Yeah, trust me, I know, all right? <laughs> <laughs> good, good morning. Hi, Glenn Clark. Hey, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I'm aware. But I just, it's, I've sort of grown accustomed to it, right? Like I have some fruit in the morning and then I eat like a pig at night. Like that's the way that my day goes. And I haven't died yet, so I think I'm just going to keep rolling with it. By the way, while I was watching the Suns last night, I was stress eating like a mother effer. I had uh, one of those balls of smoked mozzarella. I'm pretty sure I ate half of it last really? night. Dude, I am a stress eater beyond a stress eater. And when the Suns once again decided to go ahead and get down by double digits in the first half, wacky bit they're doing where they're like, no, three-pointers. Who does that? Thankfully, Tori, Tori Craig, of all people, saved the Suns last night. It will be lost because Devin Booker you know, ended up having a monster game. But make no mistake, Tori Craig saved the Phoenix Suns last night in game two. Not that you guys care. I do significantly and i was not handling it well last evening but the point of this is that when i go for lunch today i'm not used to eating a big lunch so i try to eat so the cauliflower helps bridge that. yeah the call the cauliflower is not overwhelming although they give you these giant chunks like they have the biggest cauliflower i've ever seen in my entire life at glory days grill um it's not overwhelming so it's not like a shock to the system type of situation 
again, too much information probably, but we'll just roll with it anyway because the point is Glory Days Grill. Great food, good sports. Um, I am going to tick up the Lamar meter slightly today. We were at 90 yesterday. We're going to go to 93%. Oh, okay. 93. Yeah, that looks... 93%. Can yeah. we get Gwen to give us like hash marks? Can we work <laughs> on that moving forward? Now that, we're, now that we're so close. Right. 93%. And the reason why I would say, Glenn, why would it go up today? I'm really fascinated by the fact that the DeAndre Hopkins thing won't die. It's really fascinating to me. If you missed it, Pac-Man Jones, sure... NFL insider Pac-Man Jones um, was on with uh, Pat McAfee yesterday, and Pac-Man Jones says he's told the Ravens are still, like the Chiefs were the team they were talking about, and then Pac-Man Jones brings the Ravens back up and says it's still there. Now, everybody understands that Pac-Man Jones' source is DeAndre Hopkins. Like, Pac-Man Jones is not calling around to various NFL teams like, hi, Pac-Man here. Everybody gets it. The source is DeAndre Hopkins. So, again, I don't think there's any chance that DeAndre Hopkins is still interested in coming to Baltimore if he doesn't know with certainty that Lamar Jackson is going to be his quarterback. So, 93%. We continue to tick the number up. And... Until that dies, I I don't know I don't know where else it could go. Now we could have plenty of conversation about the DeAndre Hopkins situation by itself. There's plenty of room for DeAndre Hopkins conversation, and it'll come up today in Would You Rather Wednesday. By the way, the scenarios are available right now at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com/slash Glenn Clark Radio for you get re- your responses in and potentially win a free shirt from BirdlandSports.com or maybe. Or maybe your own Homer host, which is now available at BirdlandSports.com. You can get your own if you want to play the home version of the Homer host and you want to stay hydrated while you watch Orioles baseball this summer. And who doesn't? It's important to stay hydrated. You should do that. And you want to drink from the hose, you can get your Homer hose right now, BirdlandSports.com. It'll come up, DeAndre Hopkins. it's It's a fascinating conversation. There's a lot of layers to it. But it... It won't go away. You assume now, after what Pac-Man Jones said yesterday, that it's probably what Darius Slay was referring to on his podcast after the Odell Beckham news when he was like, eh, they might not be done. The Ravens, according to Mike Lombardi, told Lamar Jackson they couldn't do both. They could only do one or the other. So you would have thought that's where this would have died. And I get it from a sheer monetary standpoint the only way they could possibly do both is if they were to sign Lamar Jackson so is it the Ravens belief that if they get him DeAndre Hopkins that maybe Lamar Jackson would come back to the table would come back to the offer they've already put out there for him would recognize that the market has not played out in his favor and would decide to go ahead and land the plane That's the fascinating part about all of this. Remember, he said, go get me DeAndre Hopkins and Odell Beckham and we'll talk, according to Mike Lombardi. Was there clarity on that? Was he going to now talk about a long-term deal? If you combine that with Jalen Hurts, again, more examples of players not taking significant fully guaranteed deals, not even sniffing, 
the $200 million fully guaranteed number. I, I guess Ian Rappaport suggested there was a little bit more new money in year one of the contract than had been originally reported by ESPN that the Ravens had offered. There's an awful lot there. Now, is it get me DeAndre Hopkins and then I'll do the deal? Because you're kind of allowing a player to hold you hostage at that point, which, again, you could argue the Ravens already have to some extent, and if it involves getting DeAndre Hopkins, why are you opposed to that, right? Like, you can make that, you can strongly make that argument, that why would you be opposed to letting, you know, the chance of getting DeAndre Hopkins be what holds you hostage? But still, is it the best thing for you to do as a franchise? I don't know that answer. I certainly like DeAndre Hopkins, but, you know, we talk about receivers once they get to the other side of 30. I, I, I don't know. Some receivers, you know, Anquan Bolden was still quite good into his 30s. Derek Mason was still quite good into his 30s. But the more recent track record, remember, I was the guy banging on the table about Julio Jones a couple years ago. Go, throw away your fir- burn your first-round pick. I mean, it would have been a disaster for the Ravens to have gone after Julio Jones. So I... There's no exact science to this. I'm not going to tell you that I'd be opposed to DeAndre Hopkins. Do I know that it's the best way at this point for this team to go about doing things? I I don't know. But if it's what gets Lamar Jackson to sign a long-term deal and end our long national nightmare, is that worth it? Complicated conversation. I can't fathom that there would still even be the possibility Again, with the meter being about 2023 and week one of 2023, I can't fathom that DeAndre Hopkins would be saying if he thought there was a chance that Lamar Jackson still was even considering not playing for the Ravens, there's just no world in which he'd still be telling Pac-Man Jones, yeah, it could still be Baltimore. Now, he might be wrong, too. It might be that he's trying to speak something into existence. It's totally possible that there's no actual conversation still being had between the Ravens and DeAndre Hopkins, and DeAndre Hopkins is just trying to drum something up and trying to use Pac-Man Jones in order to do it. Like, what you're not seeing is a follow-up from Adam Schefter saying the Ravens are very much in the throes of DeAndre Hopkins' conversation. So we have to be careful about that when we talk about this particular topic. But simply from the will Lamar Jackson play for the Baltimore Ravens in week one standpoint, If DeAndre Hopkins is telling Pac-Man Jones I could still end up in Baltimore, that suggests he would still be interested in ending up in Baltimore, and I can't believe that that would be the case if it weren't to play with Lamar Jackson. So, 93%. 93% is where the number goes today. Uh, Lamar Meter brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. We will get to Would You Rather Wednesday. That's a promise. But before we do that, there was a baseball game last evening. Orioles win one nothing, which you almost never see any longer no. in baseball. Um, very, very rare. Weird, because like you're happy, mm-hmm. but in a way, like Man. you kind of feel like you got robbed of a baseball game a little <laughs> bit, right? Like you kind of enjoy that the Orioles have been this prodigious offensive right. team this season, and you have these huge innings, and like in a in a weird way, as as you watch, you're sort of like, well, is something gonna happen? Like, are we going to do something? Obviously, it was a very good night for Dean Kramer. That's the story of last night's game is Dean Kramer, who, as we said, 
maybe there was some world where yeah. he was starting to pitch I, under a microscope going into last I mean, night. I was ready to call Bruce Zimmerman tomorrow. Yeah, you, were bringing, up, you were bringing up Bruce Zimmerman. That's yes. where we had gone to. Um, and, uh, he shut me up real quick. Yeah, that that clearly settles things. Now, again, not one game does a story make, so it's not like all of a sudden you say, well, this is definitively who Dean Kramer is, but you call off the dogs for sure. You settle down and panicking about Dean Kramer, and you know he obviously makes at least his next start, if not more than that. Um, presumably more than that, as long as the next one isn't utter and completely disastrous again, then presumably this likely buys him... Uh, his next couple of times through the rotation before he goes back under the microscope. The rest of the month, yeah. Like, well, the rest of the month's about to be over. <laughs> still got like two, two starts left. Uh, with an off day on Thursday. I don't think they have an off day next Thursday. I'd have to go back and look at the schedule. I don't. I think that they're playing every day next week, yeah, if I remember yes, correctly. They yeah, they're yeah. playing every day next week. So he would, make, he would make his next start once. Uh, Boston. So Tuesday and Sunday. Um, the last day of the month. Yeah, provided he's yeah. B- provided they don't. They did they ever announce who's pitching tonight? By the way, they haven't uh, made it official yet. I mean, it's it's, it's going to be Braddish. I, I like that's the you would assume it's, so. So at that point, the rotation would be reset. So yes, it would be Tuesday and Sunday that so he would get two more starts in. Yes, he definitely buys himself throughout the rest of the month. Probably beyond that. I mean, again, unless they're utterly disastrous, I mean, unless they're so disastrous that you just can't do it. Um, before he goes back under the microscope at that point. Then, you know, the next question is, what's their determined plan for Cole Irvin? Is it get him a few starts? Like, do they do they need him to be back at the major league level because of the trade that they made? Or is it, dude, we'll wait. Like, we'll we'll wait. We're not – the priority isn't Irvin. The priority is having the five best guys in the rotation that we can have. And then how would a D.L. Hall play into that? Um, if D.L. Hall ends up pitching well for a stretch here in Norfolk, yeah. too. So there's a bunch of different things in that, again, good problem to have. Much better problem than we think we need to kick everyone out of the rotation, which is how we were feeling. And, of course, you need to see the Bradish is good as he makes his start. Um, but that's, that's where the, the Orioles are, and it's good news. Again, we're assuming that Bradish is starting. It was weird. I was like, last night I kept waiting for... Yeah, waiting for something official. Yeah, I kept waiting, not even for something official, because you can't make it official until you make the transaction. Right. But just for them... Like Rakubasa to be like, you know, tomorrow morning. Right. Like, like just to say... The hey, Orioles plan to. Correct. Like, yeah. is there any chance that they were like, well, maybe we could just bullpen this one, get through, and delay making a roster move for a couple of days and see how it plays out, right? Like, let yeah. Bradish start on Friday... And get through a bullpen game in the process. Now I don't even know who. I don't think they have enough arms to get through a bullpen game in the process. Like I, I think they have to have it be. I Bradish, guess if they want to stretch out both and hope. <laughs> Has he pitched since Sunday? Um, yeah. he didn't. Did he pitch no, last night? He no, didn't pitch last night. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he would presumably have a couple innings in him. But is that? Do you want to play with that fire? <laughs> Not really. Not unless we're up five nothing or something. Yeah, I think I'd. I think I'd be opposed myself. Yeah. Um. It's just weird. It's just weird that there was nobody. Like I, and I was poking around with some of the different beat writers. Like you would have thought that there would have been a quote in there for a post game from Brandon Hyde. Like it'll be interesting to see what Bradish can do tomorrow night or something mm-hmm. like that. And I just didn't see that pop up again. I, I believe Kyle Bradish is pitching tonight. I believe that's the case, and we'll see you from there. 
But the good news, of course, is Kramer. That's the good news, is he stabilizes. I get it. It's not an overwhelming Nationals lineup by any stretch of the imagination, and you do have to keep that in mind when you talk about his performance last night. But, again, the, the problem was you were panicked about Dean Kramer. You were worried that you might have to boot him from the rotation without having a good option at the moment to replace him. So just stability, just a really, and again, it was an outstanding start. It was beyond the The, the third inning. The the, the second and third with nobody out and striking out. I don't care who it is. I don't. To handle that situation, which again ends up being the game, right? The Mm -hmm. Orioles only scored one run all night. That's the game right there. Because if there's just a pair of sack flies, yeah, they lose. They lose two to one without him even giving up a hit in that situation. He literally had to strike out at least the first two guys. Ended up striking out all three just, you know, for funsies, which is cool. I, I'm in favor of doing that more frequently. A lot of people, they, I saw some clamoring last night about Gunner. I, I'm... I'm in a weird place with that. Like, obviously, that was a terrible throw last night. I still think that I would rather him be playing every day at third base, and I'm not moving Jorge Mateo right now. Like, I get it. Going into the season, I definitely was willing to have an open conversation about what is Jorge Mateo, and as good as he is defensively, if Gunnar Henderson is that guy, if you believe he's a shortstop, do you just make way? Do you say either Mateo's going to have to learn to play second base or sorry you'll play when you play like now you there's no world I'm not messing around with Jorge Mateo either I I get it it has not been comfortable necessarily for Gunnar Henderson at third and that's been kind of disappointing but I'm not screwing up screwing with something that's working like Jorge Mateo is an outstanding defensive shortstop who also happens to be lighting the world on fire I think he's got, like, the second-best war in the entire league. It's insane. I I ain't messing with that. I I get it. If the team stunk, if we're talking about something two years ago, then we can have a conversation about it. But team's too good. Good enough. And Jorge Mateo specifically has been too good. Can we revisit that a month from now if Jorge Mateo reverts back to his former self? Sure, at some point you can walk in and decide. Or... If the Orioles believe his trade value is so insane, like this is the part that I'm still struggling with, and I, it's a tough conversation to have. I'm still not certain there can't be trades that go the other way that the Orioles make. And this is, I keep trying to say, you guys can feel however you want about the next Tampa. I felt a certain way about the next Tampa. The next Tampa fortified to me that there is a chance that they're still going to trade away major leaguers for prospects. They're just going to sell and sell. And maybe not always. Maybe every now and then it'll work the other way. But when you talk about, like, people talk about, well, you could use a Santander or a Hayes or a Mateo in a trade to, to land you a major league pitcher. And you're going to struggle to tell me who the team is that's trading away high-level pitching and wants major leaguers in return. Who's the team that's in contention that has such an abundance of pitching that they say, I want major leaguers, and I'll give you my quality pitching in return? In theory, it sounds good, right? In theory, you're like, well, you've got this abundance of players, and it could help you out. But in practicality, you're always going to struggle to paint the actual picture for me of who that team is. 
And maybe if, you know, Paul Valley was sitting here, he'd be like, well, I'd tell you that I, I, you know, I think it's the, and you know, the Brewers could end up very yeah. much being in it. And so we can, when we continue to talk about Corbin Burns, I guess maybe that, that, that team might be the Rays. That would, I mean, now Jeff, Jeffrey Springs uh, just got Tommy or is going to have to get Tommy John. So yeah, probably so not them, but like maybe the Rays, you know, a week ago, but like it's it's, it's just, very th- those difficult. teams don't exist. You're looking for a very specific set of circumstances where yeah. you're you're again, and it's got to be smart too. Corbin Burns, are the Orioles willing to pay Corbin Burns? Because if not, your window is this year and next year. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I don't know if it's practical either. I don't know that the Orioles are winning a World Series this year or next year. I don't know even with a Corbin Burns that they can do that. So I still think it's totally plausible that the trades that could be made, if what you're looking at is we have this glut of infield talent, as much as we want to believe that Jorge Mateo is the guy that lands you pitching, I think it's far more likely that Jorge Mateo becomes the guy that lands you two to three more Jorge Mateo types. And that's not going to appease the fan base. Right. Or like another Yanir Cano or something. And it's right. It's probably not a move they make mid-season either. By the way, it's probably a move you make after the season is over. That you probably make a trade like that. I mean, you you do that in the middle of the season. You're Jesus. You are asking for trouble with your fan base. But after the season is over, when you're taking stock of everything you have and saying, "Look, we we gotta let Henderson be the shortstop. We gotta get Mayo up here. We gotta get." You know, whoever the next one is, we got to get Ortiz, we got to get Westberg, we got to get... And again, I pre- ideally, you're using some of those guys to go to get, get you yeah. your pitching, and it's somebody with a window beyond two years. But again, I'm looking for something very specific in the process. We'll have plenty of time to talk about that as the More extensions, too, across uh, My, Major League right. Baseball yesterday. That's, uh, yeah, Hunter who, Green. Hunter Green, Hunter yes. Hunter Green, extended. I remember I saw that last night, and I was like, it was somebody, I think it was Fenton. Justin Fenton, who is one of my favorites, uh, Justin Fenton shared the uh, famous picture of um, Nathan. Uh, uh, the, the, uh, my friends are here too, laughing in the background. The, the guy from Nathan for you, Nathan, with, with Nathan the Fielder. Nathan Fielder. Fielder. Thank you, yes. Jesus yes. Christ. Sorry. The 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 famous picture of him smiling and laughing in the camera and being like, "Man, my friends are laughing with me just out of screen." You remember that oh, meme? Yeah. He shared that last night and said, "And the Orioles are just out of screen, uh, extending their young talent yes. too." Yeah. Oh. That's so really good. That's a really good tweet. Very good tweet. All right. Uh, our number one of today's program is also brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. I don't know what you would have won if you would have bet one nothing last night. I don't know specifically. I'm guessing it would have won you a pretty pretty sizable chunk of money if you had specifically bet the exact score of one nothing last night on Orioles. Yeah, especially after I told you how good the over has been in the Orioles. Right. Games. Correct. Did not come close no, to that. Did not. did not do that at all. You can bet on your phone for the first time in the state of Maryland during baseball season, and if you're going to do that, you want to take advantage of the best incentives and offers, like up to $1,000 in a deposit bonus match, plus a $50 free bet from DraftKings. But you got to go to PressBoxOnline.com offers in order to take advantage of that offer and more. KZ joins us next. We'll talk some draft. We'll play Would You Rather Wednesday. That's on the way. Glenn Clark Radio. Harford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Harford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. 
qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite Mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Again, get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. All right, uh, two things really quickly because Paul from Movielando brought it up. He said, uh, watch a little bit of D.L. Hall, or sorry, of uh, Cole Irvin against uh, Triple uh, A, and he was not very impressive. Just to pull up his numbers, last night he worked six innings and allowed seven hits and one walk, so eight base runners over six innings, two runs. I mean, not, not overwhelming. But not bad. Not like he got, you know, rocked or something like that. Just not overwhelming. And so if they're banking on Cole Irvin returning quickly, or if the if the point of this is about Cole Irvin, like that they are hell bent on having him in the rotation, it's not the type of start that says, You damn well better get me back there as soon as possible. It sounds like you'll make another couple of starts and we'll see where we are at that point. And again, continue to monitor these guys, the Kramers, the Bradishes as he returns. Today's show is also brought to you by, this one's brought to you by, oh, you know what? It's brought to you by the Stand the Fan Variety Hour, which was back this week. Stand the Fan Charles 
And Ross Grimsley caught up with Mike Boddicker earlier in the week. If you missed that show, you can find it right now, facebook.com slash pressboxsports, youtube.com slash pressboxonline, or pressboxonline.com slash video. Joining us now, remember how hilarious it was when he tried to say he was retired last year? And every single one of us was like, okay, kid, you got it. See you next year. And then a couple weeks ago, sheepishly texts us, uh, I'm coming out of retirement. <laughs> Knew that was coming. He is now with Fantasy Pros. Let's talk some NFL draft. And we'll have him play Would You Rather Wednesday as well. Here's our buddy Ken Zalis. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm good. How's everybody doing? Uh, we're doing fine. Remember when you were retired? Remember how funny that yeah. was? Yeah, it last it lasted almost a whole a whole year. Oh, if you want to, I definitely I would have bet the under. So for the record, uh, what I will give you credit for is you actually were retired longer than I believed you would be. So you got that. Okay. Going for you, there is, you go. There you go. Nice. So. All right. Tell me about what you're going to be doing for fantasy pros. Um. So I I'm going to do a little bit of draft stuff, mainly just mock drafts. Um. I did one last week. Going to do another probably on Thursday and then have my final one out the day of the draft. And then for, for fantasy football, I will, the, the plan is uh, rankings weekly, of course, and pre-draft and all that fun stuff. And then I assume one, maybe two articles. We'll see where that goes. That, that, that part is an absolute, isn't absolutely in stone, but it'll be at least one article a week and maybe two. I, you know, I look forward to it, and I'm sure that we'll be talking and we'll be catching up more. I guess let's get into the draft right now. Um, I am very convinced that the Ravens will not be taking uh, a player with a 26 or 22nd pick in this year's draft. I, I don't think there's a chance in hell that they select a player at 22. But let's continue to pretend like they are. Um, is there anyone that you've begun to coalesce around with the 22nd pick? Um... So I, I've kind of been focusing on cornerback um, at, at 22, just based on what what I think is going to be there and where where the value is. And there's you know cornerbacks are 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 sort of you know they're they're like wide receivers to me. Everybody kind of has the kind of wide receiver that they like best. You know, for me, it's the it's the six two. 210 pound, you know, AJ Brown type guys. Okay. Other people like the, the smaller guys that can really run and yep. things like that. And in cornerback, you got, you got a variety of guys and, and there, I'm going to name four of them that I think are going to be there when the Ravens select. And quite frankly, they could take any one of the four. And I, I think Ravens nation, Ravens flock, whatever we want to call them these days would be, you know, okay, that's a good pick. Fits a need. Um, best player probably available on the board. I'm the first first kid we know well out of Maryland, Deontay Banks, uh, six foot, hundred and ninety seven pounds, um, can run. Uh the tape is good. It's not great, you know, but it's it's good and you like the intangibles of how his athletic testing is if you believe things like RAS scores, which is basically a score that uh, tells you the athletic profile of somebody compared to every other cornerback that's ever been drafted, you know, he's in the top 10% all time. Um, there's a kid, Emmanuel Forbes, out of Mississippi State, who, again, can really run. He's about the same 
size, except he's only 166 pounds, and he looks like he's got legs that are, that you can snap off. But he makes plays, and he's always around the ball, and, and he seems to get his hands on the ball a lot and comes back the other way. So he's a very exciting player. Um, Keely Ringo out of Georgia is uh, is a – if you – Picture cornerback in your mind. This is what this kid looks like. He's six one. He's two oh seven. He ran a four three six. I'm leaning towards him right now. The more I get into it, he just seems okay. like a guy out of the SEC. He seems like a Ravens pick. They like they like kids from the SEC. Um, you got the offensive coordinator from Georgia. You know that could tell you a lot of intel about him. So. I like him, and and the, and the last kid, uh, maybe a little bit further down, but I, but I do like his tape is Cam Smith out of South Carolina. Again, going up against the SEC, the type of kid that they like. If they took any of the four of them at 22, I think you're saying, okay, it's a good pick. If it's a really, really massive need right now with the way the roster is constructed for the Baltimore Ravens, and, and you move on and to the other pick. Now, here, here's my problem with what you said, and not, not a problem with what you said. I agree you probably shouldn't select at 22. I think the problem is there's not that many guys in this draft with a, with a first-round grade. So I don't know at 22 that anybody is, like, yeah. jumping at you mm-hmm. to get into the first round or move well, up to get somebody. Well, they okay, absolutely, hang on. You now, know, I think the interesting part about that is all of a sudden the Hendon Hooker thing. Where if, well, if there's I, a common yeah, belief I agree with you. that the Vikings are going to take Hendon Hooker, and by the way, I happen yeah. to see in your last mock draft that you had them doing that, does it present the opportunity for you to dangle that pick specifically for a team that needs to get ahead of the Vikings in order to get Hendon Hooker? And that's why I, I it, it buys into my, like, why I'm so convinced that they're not going to end up using the 22nd pick. And, and part of it, maybe I'm overvaluing what people are saying about Hendon Hooker, but I am of the belief that you have kind of a perfect situation because the Vikings are believed to be interested in Hendon Hooker, and if you this is the last opportunity to get your quarterback, that you can dangle it out there to someone who already uses their first-round pick on a player and then moves back up to get their quarterback. I, I, I don't disagree with any of that. I don't disagree. And I, I, I don't know how many of these mocks everybody looks at and says, I mean, I've had – you know, I've only done one so far, and I have. I was like, I got to get Hooker in my, like, like everybody every year. Somebody, whether you think he's a first round pick or not, somebody comes up and grabs a quarterback. Uh, it just, it just happens every single year. And without the injury, this is a first round kid for sure. I mean, we're not. I mean, he's a, without the injury, he's certainly above Richardson in everybody's rankings. Um, we can talk about how high I would I still have him as my number two overall quarterback in this in this draft um, because you got to go back and watch the tape before he got hurt and you're like oh yeah I that that works that can play on Sundays um, so yeah I agree with your premise there uh, or maybe the Ravens just take him at 22. Mm. Yeah, I saw I saw you going off the other day. I saw you start to lose your mind. You know the draft's still a week away, Ken. You can't lose your mind yet. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I just I, I'm I'm actually having a lot of fun with all this right now. <laughs> well, okay, I'm sure. Have have fun with it. Um, look, I I, I hear you. I hear you. 
no is the answer to me on that question no is it is it I, is it is it, is, it, is it really a hard no it's is a, it, is it it, a hard it's, no it's short of short of if lamar jackson has simply told you come hell or high water i'll never sign with you that okay yeah like we got to figure something out uh, I, but you're you're backing uh, yeah, yourself okay. into an impossible well, he pretty corner. much said it has, hasn't he said it without saying it? Well, no. He said, he said, go get me Odell Beckham and DeAndre Hopkins, and then we'll, uh, yeah. then we'll talk. Okay. That's what he said. Yeah, okay. That's well, what whatever. Said. By the way, I, and I get okay. it. It's a complicated situation, and at some point, the problem still ends up being, like, are, are you just letting him walk for nothing at the end of the year? And I still struggle, too, with you're going to draft Hendon Hooker, not play him this season, or, or sell Lamar Jackson for pennies on the dollar in order to have him play. Like, he's already – He's already 24 years old, man. Like, I, I'm in a weird I'm place with, you. with that. I'm with I, you. I'm in it's a weird not a place. perfect system. It's look, look, my, I, I said my perfect system is draft everybody else and sell, sell Lamar, suck for a year, and go draft Khalid the next year. For God's sake, you're, yeah, you're trying you to. Know. That's a bad bit, bro. That's a, you know how. I like that, that bit. bit. No, you would like uh, that I, bit, I, except I just, everybody wants him. You're trying to create a scenario where you're the only team that wants Caleb Williams. Everyone no, in football get, wants if him. You, if you trade, if you trade Lamar and have then for two first rounders, so essentially you have three first rounders next year. You have the ability to go get them if you no, want them. No, there's no. If a team needs a quarterback, they're not trading you their first. They're not saying, "Hey, we can get the most generational quarterback." A team, we we could either have that guy or we can have three first round picks and not that guy. No chance. That's not like, happening. Texans, Texans are gonna, Texans need a quarterback, and they're not going to draft one because they don't have Caleb Williams available to them. If Caleb Williams was in this draft, he would most certainly be number one overall. Like, how would you like to be a Texans fan and and know that Davis Mills is is your option, and you're still not going to get I'm a, still, take a shot I'm at one I'm of still, these guys? I'm still not convinced that's actually true. I'm still. I know Lombardi's leaving. Boy, the the work that Lombardi's doing to try to like. Put over the Texans or not drafting a quarterback is b- beyond bizarre. Like the bit where he's trying to pretend like there's no difference between Justin Fields and Davis Mills is hilarious. Like I, I, I like the Texans. If I'm the Texans GM, I'm trying to get out of it, and I'm, I'm, I'm not drafting a quarterback there, and not, then I become the team that comes back and gets Hooker. Um. Okay. Yeah. I'd be. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Right. Try to improve your team in multiple yeah. ways. And that's. And that's part yeah. of what I'm alluding to. I think the Raiders could be this team. Right. I think there's a lot of teams could that be. could be this team that makes their pick, gets the guy that they want early on, and then tries to load up and go get Hendon Hooker. And with knowing the Ravens want more picks, and to your point, with us not really feeling like the players are all that different from between 22 and 35. Right. I, I right. think there's a lot of room for this to happen. It's why I'm, I'm telling you. It's part of the reason why we haven't even made draft plans yet. I'm so convinced the Ravens aren't making a selection on night one. I'm just utterly convinced that they will not be drafting a player. So I'm going through the motions when I have these conversations. I'm going through the motions when I talk about their options at 22. I just don't think there's a chance in hell that they're drafting at 22. I don't believe. Look, I I don't think that I don't think they want to draft at 22. I think I think they got with five picks. It's not enough for this 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 front office. They like picks. We've seen that. Uh, over the years, so I, I think they would love to get out of this pick and 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 pick up a an extra second and maybe an extra third to do it, um, something like that. Because I, I agree. I mean, I just said it. Let's just say for argument's sakes, one of these cornerbacks are still, and one one or two of them are still going to be available in round two. I mean, then you still get that guy. You still you still solve that need, and 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 you get to address other things a little bit later in the draft. So I. 
I wholeheartedly agree with you. I think outside of Hooker, I don't know if there's anybody else anybody's going to be clamoring for. I hear you. Uh, Ken Zalis is with us. He's with Fantasy Pros now. He is um, doing mock draft stuff for them. He is going to be doing fantasy stuff for them. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Casey, again, going back to the premise of if they do select a 22. Well, hey, hang on. Let me go back to that cornerback conversation. You sure. you feel as strongly about Cam Smith, say, early in the second round as you would about Deontay Banks at 22. You think that that trade-off is definitely worth it. Yeah, I do. I mean, you you're 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 splitting you're splitting hairs, and the, and the the tape's about the same. the The speed is is you know you, you Banks is probably a tick quicker, but you know uh, you know when you're talking four three five to four four zero. Oh, I mean, what, what are we really talking about? Um, so I, I would, I, I, I don't think it's that far of a drop off or, or, or anything like that. Um, you know, you, you can even look at the other, other guy from South Carolina, Darius Rush, who's a little bit bigger, um, at six one two hundred, and he runs, he, he may run uh, about as well as banks. So he's not getting a lot of pub here. So I, I, you know, there's, there's Julius Brents out of Kansas state. There's a lot, I think it's a deep cornerback draft. You don't have to take one there, but I also think third round may be a little bit too late to, to take one. Um, you know, the, in every draft, there's a fall off. I think, you know, late first to middle to late second is your happy spot for a cornerback that can come in and play right away. I think after that, you're starting to get in a little projecty. Are there third-round receivers? I, I, I'm going to ask this question very specifically, Ken, so stay with me. Are there Very specifically. Are there third-round receivers that would work for the Baltimore Ravens? So you understand what I'm saying. Not are there quality third-round receivers to be had. Are there third-round receivers to be had that could be impactful for the Baltimore Ravens? So there are. There's a bunch of them, actually, but – You'll probably get – it's all going to – do you believe that four four wide receivers are going in the first round? It's like how far do they fall? You know, a week ago people are saying, oh, only one wide receiver may go in the first round. Right. Okay, I, I find that hard to believe, but I, I can buy maybe only two go in the first round, and that pushes some guys down the board. But then we're starting to look at Marvin Mims Jr. out of Oklahoma. Um, we're starting to look at Jaden Reed out of Michigan State. Um, do, do we dare? Do we dare go back to SMU and, and take take another high volume guy like like Rasheed Rice, um, Jonathan Mingo, Trey Palmer, At Perry are all guys that if you if you start to bounce around different draft sites, you'll you'll see a lot of people like a bunch of these guys, and I think there's going to be one of them or, or multiple ones of them that'll be there in, in, in the, in the third round. So, yeah, I think they all work. But can they, I don't, you understand what I mean? Can they overcome being uh, Baltimore Ravens? Like I get, well, I like these, I, I, I like know, these players. I, but what is that? I, I, I think, I think they can, because I think you finally have an offensive coordinator that will use them properly um, okay. and incorporate more wide receivers. I mean, this is, we, we got to get past. It's not. It, it, it's 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 going to be more open than it's been. Um, it's not going to be as uh, as tight end heavy. I, I don't. 
I don't think you see the four tight ends on the field this year at the same time other than when they're close to the goal line and things like that. Um, but there, it's, it's a good wide receiver draft. I don't know why. I've heard a lot of people say they don't like the, the wide receivers in this draft, um, that it's a little – you know, after you get past the second round, I I love some yeah, of these. Guys. I, I'll be honest I mean, with you, after 2019, I'll never listen to that again. I'll never have yeah, somebody. I mean, I'll I, never, I, just, I will never buy into it ever again after that. I mean, there are guys that can really run in this draft and and run some good routes. I mean, you get, you got the kid out of uh, out of uh, Princeton, and I'm not going to try to pronounce his name, but yeah. I O I O or yeah, something I, like that. I, I don't know, but I know who you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, even uh, look, you want to take a chance on Raheem Jarrett a little bit later in the draft, the fifth round. Um, Puka Nakua out of BYU. I mean, there are guys in this draft that can that can come in and be a third or fourth wide receiver as a rookie and, and, and play some meaningful snaps. Sure, there are, but. The reality is, you know, you you have you have your top two receivers, and and we have to pretend we live in a world where everybody's healthy all year. So you have your top two. I, I is Duvernay our three? I I don't know. I don't I don't. Duvernay to me is the big mystery. Like like, are they ever going to use him the way he needs to be used? And 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 I'm hopeful of that. Um. So uh, you know, and and. You know, you listen to the media, Hopkins will be here at some point. So, um, you know, uh, but, but there are guys, they, they fit. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you one guy that's a really intriguing guy and I don't know where he gets drafted, but, uh, Matt Landers out of Arkansas is a really interesting prospect for me. Um, he probably won't show up anywhere on these top 20 boards or things like that, but this is a kid that's six four, two hundred pounds, ran a four three seven at the at the combine, can go up and get it. I really I like his tape more than more than I thought I was going to. Um, just an interesting name for for some people to hold on to late in the draft if they don't take a wide receiver in the first or the third round. I understand that what you're saying about the offensive coordinator change, but they have not found an impactful later-round receiver in 24 years. It has not been just about so one. So they're due. Uh, what's that? So they're due. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Now, I get that somebody would say they also haven't found many impactful early-round receivers. Understand. Right. I, I, understand. Yeah, to be fair. But they've at I least know. found a couple. They've at least found one or two over the years that were helpful in doses. It has been since Brandon Stokely, since a later round wide receiver in the NFL draft, made an impact with the Baltimore I, Ravens. I'm also throwing away the last four years. I I, 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 I just you 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 were in a Mickey Mouse high school offense. I, I mean, it is what it is. It worked. It worked for what this rate what the team did to an extent, but it works with only one person at quarterback and and it it just limits you if the one thing doesn't work you 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 don't have a second year to go to it's like it's like oh we've done this all year long right now oh let's go five wide and see if we can do that it's like you don't do it the whole year it's not going to work in a playoff game i i just i i i think i think I think Ravens fans and media alike, I think we all have to have an open mind about this offense. It's going to be 
more user friendly for wide receivers. It has. To I be. I hope you're right about that, Ken. It is a problem that was not unique to one offensive coordinator. I cannot pretend. I, I, that, I, that is well, the story. You know, you yes. know my view on that, I, and we won't I, get into that today. It's, but uh, it's well, you know. no, no, it's because you love the head coach. All right, uh, quickly because I'm gonna have you play. Would you rather Wednesday? If there's okay. a guy that is sitting there at 22, any position, if this player is sitting at 22, throw away the thought of trading out of the pick, rush to the podium, just make this pick, don't overthink it. Give me, you know, who that top would be in the list, maybe give me three guys that you would say, don't care, you're drafting that player if they're there. Okay, the top guy that seems to be all over the draft board for me is Nolan Smith. Yeah. I, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I've seen him. In, I've seen him. I've seen him fall into the late twenties in some of these things. I, give me him, Jackson Smith, uh, the wide receiver out of Ohio State. Don't care. Uh, I, I'm grabbing him. Um, if some, and I, I don't think this is going to happen. But if by some miracle, something pops up, more so with Jalen Carter. I'm sorry, at 22, I'm taking the risk. So those are three guys. I, I don't care. Okay. I don't care. Okay. I don't. I mean, it's weird. I, it, it, it's a top five talent that you're talking about. So it's a weird. Scenario. I know, but but if you you know, I, here's the thing about mock drafts, and, and you and I agree on this, and 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 sort of do it as a living, not a not a good living, but but I do it professionally. Let's say we don't know. We don't know. I mean, they're all BS. I mean, they really are. I mean, they're educated guesses. And some of the people that have been the best at it of of guessing well have Jalen Smith falling out of the top ten. Jalen so Carter. Once, not, not Jalen Smith. Jalen Carter. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. Jalen Carter. Yeah. Once he falls out of the top ten, all bets are off. I hear you. I you know what you. I mean? I like, like, like where, does the, where does the fall end? So, yeah. And, you know, stranger things have happened in dress. I completely get it. All right, let's play Would You Rather Wednesday. Would You Rather Wednesday is brought to you by Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports has a Homer hose available for you if you want to play the home version of the Homer hose. That You can get it right now at birdlandsports.com along with their great selection of shirts. And someone who participates in Would You Rather Wednesday will win a shirt of their choice or perhaps your own Homer hose, courtesy of Birdland Sports. Number one. I've never won. I'm kind of upset. You've never won? Well, actually, you don't work here any longer, so you are qualified. Uh, I know. There, there you go. <laughs> boy, for years, that was your problem is you couldn't, you couldn't win. Now you're eligible. Maybe, I, want, I wonder if you were the randomly selected person and Griffin threw you out. I know. That's still funny. Here. Yeah. I wonder if that's the case. You are actually eligible to win. Number one, would you rather the Baltimore Ravens trade their first-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins and a third. For those of you that are struggling with reading comprehension, not straight up for DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins and a third. And you can say, well, that doesn't make sense to me. Well, imagine if the Ravens traded their first for a second and a third, then they traded their second for DeAndre Hopkins. That math ends up working. DeAndre Hopkins and a third for their first, or no, I'd rather they just go ahead and use that first-round pick to get a dynamic cornerback or edge rusher. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's overkill at this point if you, if you bring him in. So I, I think cornerback and to an extent edge rusher are still just massive holes. 
So I, I would, I, I would, I, I don't want to give up that much for 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 Hopkins. All right, number two. Would you rather? Uh, did you hear the rules they're going to mess around with in the Atlantic League? This I did. Yeah. I did. They're fantastic. Would you rather MLB adopts the anytime pinch runner rule to try to really get base running fired up, or no? The hell are we doing? That's going too far. Oh, I want them to adopt it. Really. What is wrong yeah, with I you, psycho? So, so here's the thing. Here's the thing, and I tweeted this at you, and I don't know if you saw it because you do a million things and you yeah. probably see a million tweets. There's a lot going but on. But every day, every day, every year, they're getting closer and closer to international softball. Oh, yeah, I did okay? see it. Doesn't... Me, me, as a, me yeah. as a long-time yes, high school softball I coach, I, I think it. it's fantastic. I get it. All right. I, that makes one of us. We're going to agree okay. and disagree about that one. And number three. I mean, I mean, can you imagine Mullins not playing that day? But you can use him at any point to, to, to run. I, I mean, that's great. I under, or just go or just sign a, a fast guy. Just right, right. Who, who the hell cares if they're capable you of playing? You go, go find track guys. You'll right. see baseball scouts at the track. Yes. Yeah. Just yeah, find yeah. the fastest dudes you could possibly find. Don't worry about whether or not they even know how to hold a glove or a bat. Right. And, exactly. And employ oh, a spot fantastic. on your roster. It's only for you're open. You're opening up job opportunities yeah. by the moment. Yeah, that's a great point. No. No. <laughs> Number three, have you seen the viral video of the guy freaking out about the baby on the plane this week? Uh, the the baseball player? What's no, the no, player? No, 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 no. I don't know. But baseball player? What are you talking Anthony about? Anthony Bass was. Well, uh, oh, no, that's a different thing. Uh, Anthony with, Bass. Oh, that's a, I saw the one about the wife no, no, cleaning no, yeah. up. Anthony Bass is mad because they asked his pregnant wife to clean up the. Right, the, right. The right. I've seen that one. I don't think I've seen the one that you've, you've said. Oh, God. I, we don't have enough time right now. I want I want you to hear it. It's equal parts hilarious and disturbing. Apparently, okay. the baby has been screaming for an hour straight, and a gentleman simply loses his mind. I mean, <laughs> utterly and completely loses his mind. Now, there are oh, moments funny. during his rant that actually end up become hilarious when they say, could you please lower your voice? And he says, tell the baby to lower its voice, <laughs> which is very funny, but he doesn't relent either. I mean, he is screaming and make this is your flight now is baby screaming for an hour and now man screaming for an hour, right? Like that's what you're dealing with. So my question is, you're returning home from a vacation. Would you rather be delayed three hours at the airport or be on this flight? Oh, I'll take the three hours. I can, I can, I can go to the bar. Yeah. I'll take three hours. I can't, I can't, t- I can't take the baby at all. Yeah. So I, I'm, just, I'm one of those just, travelers. I can't, it, especially on the tail end of a vacation where either I want more vacation or I just want to be home. So, no, no, right. I'll, I'll take the three hours. All right. All right. Ad fans fantasy on Twitter is how you follow him. Fantasy pros is now where you see all of his stuff. Uh, I'll talk to you. We'll see if we can't figure something out for next week. I, I don't know. I, really I, feel- I, I, as always. Just need to be fed, and I'm happy to join you. I know. I just, I'm so convinced that we're going to be sitting here doing nothing for the evening that I don't want to do it. I know, but then we can't have a rant or anything, and they're fun. I under well, Paul from Ovilando would be very upset. We have one person very upset, very upset. Do it. I just feel like we'd be wasting it. Whatever. All right, I'll talk to you about it. We'll figure it out. Okay. Love you, buddy. 
It's Ken's Okay, Alex. talk to you soon. Appreciate him hopping on with us this morning. Again, get your responses in for Would You Rather Wednesday at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. We will continue to share them throughout the course of the day. And tomorrow, Griffin will pick a winner to uh, get the 25. No, this is that's what we do on Mondays. By the way, did you get one of those? Uh, yeah. Um, All right. All right. Well, that, that's, yeah. As long as we got one. Yes. That's what I'm worried about. Uh, tomorrow, we will pick a winner for the free shirt or Homer hose from BirdlandSports.com. Our number one of today's show is in the books. Also brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels Heating, A.C., Plumbing, and Home Performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. Still to come. Did I say dot? What did I say there? I said that, right? Right. My, last night, I, uh, by the way, did the Loyola-Georgetown game last night. was not pleasant. If you haven't seen the final score, don't bother. It was ungodly. Georgetown's really good, man. Um, but I also, for whatever reason, last night, I was dealing with an echo in my headphones, and there is nothing that derails you more as a broadcaster than getting yourself fed right back to you. I, I It almost becomes impossible. And I am pretty sure at one point during the broadcast, I said something, and it was not English. It was some other language because I was struggling so much between it being a blowout game and then the echo in my headphones, I I don't think it was a good night for your boy. I asked at one point, can you just turn my headphones off? Is that an option? And they said, sure, no problem. And they told me that they did, and then that didn't happen. It was just a rough, rough night for your boy. Not as rough of a night as it was for Loyola. That was that was painful. They got blown out by Georgetown last night. All right, um, into hour number two of the program. Our next guest, of course, InsideMDSports.com. What's going on? I don't know what he can tell us and what he's got to make sure he keeps protected for his subscribers at InsideMDSports, but it's always great to catch up with our friend Jeff Ehrman, who joins us now here on GCR. Jeff, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Hey, Glenn. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Can you, for those that don't know, can you give the background of your kind of weird buddy cop picture relationship with hunter dickinson over the course of the last two years <laughs> that's funny yeah i mean so obviously everybody knows that he's trolled maryland and mark turgeon on and off throughout his career beginning with his freshman year when he started making comments about uh turgeon not recruiting well enough and how good maryland could be if he could get local players and you know after he had his big performance as a freshman there during the game, he was staring down Turgeon and talking some trash. And uh, so this has gone on for a few years now, kind of a back and forth, mostly one-sided. I shouldn't even say back and forth because right. it's mostly been Dickinson. Uh, so, you know, I've written a few times about it and I've written kind of his side and Maryland's side, which was, you know, they said they did recruit him pretty hard. His side of it was that, he wanted to go to Maryland and they really didn't recruit him. So then earlier this past season on his podcast, he mentioned me by name, not in a really confrontational way, but just inviting me onto the podcast so he could explain his side of things, which was uh, unexpected. And just again, kind of reiterating, he went in in depth about, uh, about how he was a top 10 freshman and they said they were going to offer him and, 
they didn't, and they kept kind of kicking the can down the road on offering him. And it was, you know, Jeff, this is the real thing, addressing me, you know, individually, which was funny. But, um, anyway, you know, there's no been no ill will. I've actually been in contact a little bit with him lately. He, right. Uh, you know, he's informed me a little bit about his situation. Not He's not showing his hand by any stretch. So, yeah, it's kind of a the, the whole thing between that and now – Maryland fans desperately wanting him on right. board after hating him for the last three years has all been unpredictable storyline. Well, it, the part that's interesting to me is I think the immediate reaction from everybody was how bizarre this potential scenario would be. But in sort of going back and, and reading about how much he cared about it, it almost comes off as the exact opposite, which is this is just a dude who kind of desperately wanted to be loved by Maryland. Yeah. And, and now was was so desperate about it that he cared about what you were writing about him on a Maryland website that like yeah. now has the opportunity to finally feel love for Maryland. And that, again, I don't know that that means he's going to end up here, but maybe we should have seen this coming all along. Yeah, that's a good point. I really thought early on in his career, he was just a guy who liked to troll and, you know, Maryland was just his target at that time. But as it's gone by, and with what he said and with him, you know, what he's seriously considering Maryland. And, you know, I think it's become pretty apparent that he was real, you know, whether or not, you know, they didn't recruit him this hard or that hard, you know, that's all subjective. But I think his feeling that they didn't recruit him hard enough and that he, he wanted to go there or at least was very seriously interested in going there, you know, on that podcast I mentioned, he said that, even after they were kind of slow with the contact and didn't seem to be prioritizing him, that he kept attending games at Maryland as a high school senior or junior, probably junior, I would guess. So that, that kind of said something. So I think I've kind of changed um, my view on that too, that I, I do think that he was sincere about it. And, you know, maybe he didn't, hasn't gone about it the right way. I don't recall any other college basketball player ever holding an open public vendetta against the school for not recruiting him hard enough but i do think that it was not just the matter of him just trying to you know take shots at maryland so let's let's get to this now the the reality we know he visited over the weekend we know there are other schools in play what's your gut tell you at this point about what the chances are of this coming to fruition i think maryland's got a real shot you know it's a far from done deal visits kansas beginning tomorrow and you never want anybody that you really want visiting Kansas, especially when he's their top priority as he is. Uh, Maryland really hasn't beaten Kansas uh, for a recruit. They haven't gone head to head that often, but when they have, it hasn't gone well for Maryland lately. On the flip side, that was, you know, with another coach and, you know, a different, this is a unique situation where, you know, aside from the sentimental aspect of having wanted to play for Maryland and, and also it being home where he can come spend his final year of college. His high school coach, Mike Jones is on the staff now at Maryland. The two of them are very close and his high school point guard, Jameer Young is Maryland's point guard. So Maryland has some things, some personal things that no one else can offer, you know, whether that outweighs other factors, you know, we'll never know who's offering what exactly. Now NIL makes the whole thing, uh, cloudy in general trying to predict because we don't know you know who's offering what a lot of the numbers are exaggerated but i think in his case the numbers will be very high so that's 
that's kind of the X factor there, but you know, I, I feel like they're right in it. So let me ask it this way. Jeff Ehrman is with us, InsideMDSports.com. I, I know that Maryland would be a better team with Hunter Dickinson than not. But it is weird because Michigan wasn't very good with Hunter Dickinson. And we continue to see that these Big Ten teams that are good because they have one big man aren't good when you get to the NCAA tournament. I, I'm in a yep. weird place with this. We're like, I, I do think Maryland should want Hunter Dickinson. I know he's a good basketball player. I certainly think he helps you in the Big Ten. But is it the right way to build a team to make a run in the NCAA tournament a year from now to build around a big going towards March of next season? Yeah, I mean, that's a valid point. We see these Big Ten teams just are just too slow in the tournament every year, but you know, I think when you have, if you have that level of talent, you know, you can, there's so many things you could do with him. You know, you don't have to have him and Julian Reeson at all times. You wouldn't have that, obviously. You know, that's a, you'd have a starting lineup to me that could just bludgeon, simply bludgeon half the people they play against based on talent. When you talk about Jameer Young, you know, uh, Sean Harris, Deshaun Harris Smith, who's mm-hmm. some, you know, at least our guys at 24 7 sports projected as the Big Ten freshman of the year next year. 6'4 guard, really talented and physical. Uh, Dante Scott, obviously, a really experienced guy. And and then Reese and, and Dickinson, you know, that, that lineup would be, I think, th- that team could potentially be what we thought that one 2015 2016 team was going to be. You know, it would enter the season with the same kind of hype. No question. Uh, but I think it would be significantly better, most likely. So, yeah, there is, you know, that there is some truth to that. But I think, I mean, he's such a good player that, you know, he's an All-American caliber big man. Julian Reese is becoming a all-conference, if not better, big man if he continues on the same progression. And then you have, like I said, those guards and, and some decent pieces on the bench. So, you know, it would be it would be fun to watch. It would be fun to watch. Let, let me ask it again this way. Do you really want Julian Reese to sudden – I know he's not a natural five, but do you want him to become a stretch four? Like, is there danger in Julian Reese thinking that his game should now be shooting 14- to 16-foot jumpers? Um, you know, I don't know if there's danger in it. I think if it, you know, started off poorly and just was an awkward fit, then they'd have to figure out – something else i think he does have that natural inclination in him i saw him in high school do a lot of facing up when he got to maryland most people thought he was a face up for you know his free throw stroke obviously whatever happened to it last year was not pretty that needs to be fixed but his jump shot actually you know on the rare occasion he did take a you know 15 20 footer it looked pretty good last year so I think he's got that in him. He's a hard worker. You know, if he focuses on that, he's got a long time. And, you know, he's already been in the gym from what I'm told. So, um, you know, I think he's got the potential to make that happen. And it's not like, you know, if he's the four, he can't still go inside and and play similarly than before. And obviously the bigger story would be you would think it would help keep him out of foul trouble, which was maybe the biggest issue that Maryland dealt with. Uh, throughout the course of the season, I mean, other yeah. than you know the, the three-point shooting, I guess. Let me get to that next step. Like, I, I, the other question would be: Is there another option at this point? Is is there another helpful piece that could be had if it's not Hunter Dickinson? Like, is it you're going to add Hunter Dickinson or not? Like, is this sort of the team either with him, without him? Could there still be another transfer that could be in play? Something like that. Is there anything left for Maryland basketball if? 
Hunter Dickinson ends up choosing, say, Kansas this week? Yeah, I mean, there's there's other guys out there. The portal is, you know, there's a million new names every day, but there's there's no one anywhere near that caliber of Hunter Dickinson. At that point, you're hoping to get a solid piece who can help you next year, maybe somebody on a little higher level than, you know, Patrick Amelian, who was good, you know, he's a very, very solid role player off the bench, but in terms of like an impact guy, you'd hope to get somebody pretty solid, but there's no one out there on that level. I mean, he's the highest rated player ever to enter the portal, you know, which is a mouthful considering how many guys are in it every year. So, you know, they'll still get somebody if they don't get him, but it's not going to be the same dynamic. I, I get it. I guess I'm so, is there maybe still a shooter that could be out? Like It still feels like there's a part of this that's missing. I know they added Chance Stevens. I don't know exactly what he is uh, making a jump from only getting a few minutes at Loyola Marymount to playing in the Big Ten, but, boy, it still seems like they could desperately use, even beyond Harris Smith, some like actual shooting help next season. Yeah, I don't think they will take another shooter. I think that they're pretty loaded up numbers-wise right now on guards. It's possible if they don't get Dickinson, they could go that way. But I think uh, unless you have multiple, you know, unexpected departures that there's just not the numbers aren't there to do that. You're going to roll with what you got. You know, Ian Martinez has improved a lot off the bench. So you hope to get something out of him. And then you got three guards coming in. You know, I guess Jamie Kaiser's technically a guard slash forward, maybe more of a forward, but uh, he's a really talented player, you know, top 50-ish recruit in his own right, and then they're really high on Jonathan Lamoke, who you, you guys right. obviously know yeah. there in Baltimore. Yeah. So I think it will be more about those guys helping out than adding another guard from the portal. Um, yeah, look, man, I am, I'm just in a weird place. I, I know I like the idea. I just don't know that it's perfect. And I guess the answer is this is college basketball now, man. Like, you're not going to get a perfect fit. You just got to try to get as many good players as you can and give yourself the best shot that you have. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in, a, I'm just in a weird, I don't know how to explain it. Like, it's a weird spot that I feel about this. Maybe it's just because I watched Michigan and Purdue last season and I said, I don't, I don't know that that's what you're missing in college basketball right now is this type of player. Well, it's a good dilemma to have. You know, it beats just being, yeah, you know, yeah, what we've yeah. seen in some recent years of being yeah. off the radar nationally and yeah. not in play for guys like that. And, you know, I mean, I don't know if he's an NBA player, but he's arguably the top big man or clearly one of the top big men in the country. So even if there are a few questions stylistically or otherwise, you know, I think I saw. Ken Palm, if they got him, they have a tool where you can add a player, and if you add him to their roster, I think they climbed number eight nationally in Ken Palm. Makes so, sense. Uh, it beats the alternative. I, it makes sense. I completely get it. All right, what else is on your guys' radar? I imagine it's been like Hunter Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson, Hunter Dickinson, <laughs> Hunter Dickinson these days, but what else is I, – I, I think there's yeah. only so many things you can say about script helmets. Like, I get it. Everybody likes it. I, I – you know it's weird, Jeff. I actually like the flag on the helmets. Like I'm, yeah. Uh, like I'm not a. I, yeah. That's, this isn't for me, but I get it. People like it. I just don't know how much content yeah, you can do. Yeah, overwhelmingly about it. popular. The script is. It's. I thought people went crazy for for the flag theme stuff, but man, they go crazy for the script. Uh, I think the script. Uh, it looks cool. I'm with it. You know, the flag. I didn't mind either. I thought that was good. Uh, you know, I'm sure they'll sell a bunch of merchandise. Otherwise, you know, spring football is going on right now camp. So some early returns from there about next season recruiting, they've gotten several recent commitments, uh, including a transfer yesterday from a big kid from uh, division two school, San uh, Angelo state, 350 pound nose tackle. 
before that, they got a couple of high school commitments. So football recruiting season's picking up, and uh, and you know now, aside from Hunter Dickinson, you know the AAU spring and summer season is heating up. So there'll be we'll have a lot of coverage about the recruits, including. Uh, a couple more Baltimore guys, actually, da- Daquan Davis and Derek Queen, who are arguably the top, or not even arguably, the top two guys to watch, I think, for Maryland in terms of trying to get commitments heading into the spring. Looking forward to seeing all of it at InsideMDSports.com. At Jeff underscore Ehrman is how you follow him. Always appreciate you, brother. Thanks for hopping on with me this morning. Thanks for having me, Glenn. Jeff Ehrman, InsideMDSports.com with us. Look, two things. I know everybody loves the script helmets. It's, I don't I don't care. I hate being that guy. I don't like yucking somebody else's yum. I, I don't have I, I certainly understand. I think um, some of you that are a little bit older than I am, thinking back on the eighties teams. There's people and, older than you? I know, believe it or not. It's hard to believe. But thinking back on like the Bobby Ross teams, some of the success they had in that era, that's what you're connected with, and so you feel that. I don't know. And I know that they still wore those script helmets into the Ralph Region era, so like you can connect it with the Ralph Region era as well. I it's not that I don't like them or I hate them or something like that. I don't know. I I think the helmet looks great with the flag on it. I think it's a great looking helmet. Because I like the flag on everything. Because it's a great looking flag. So like in comparison if they were gonna, you know, do the M on the helmet, no, I don't want that. <laughs> it would be Michigan when like they that. tried to do the, I guess, I guess the Michigan doesn't with that with, with their own font. Yeah. Like when they tried to do the effing, um, yeah, Michigan. What are we talking about? Michigan yeah, definitely know. does but, not do an M on their helmet. Well, when I think of an M, though, right? For some reason, I, I hear you because it's their logo. But yeah, um, like when they tried to do those turtle shell helmets, those look <laughs> terrible, dreadful. No idea what the thought process was there. They're not completely getting rid of the like flag helmets, are they? No, they're just they're this is full time now. They're gonna so do they're gonna the, do the, the script, script terps, I mean, which I get it. Again, it's people associate with, and so that's fine. I'm not. It's not like I don't like it or I hate it or anything like that. It's just I don't think the helmets were a problem. What I'm looking at the, the turtle shell. They were wretched, <laughs> just awful, and you couldn't even tell what it was. No, like they did no. not in any way. <laughs> It, it it looks it was bad. Yeah. No, it, on TV you couldn't. Like if you right, were watching right, a football right. game, you would have no clue. If you were just looking at the helmet, you could see what they were going for. But on TV, it did not show up in any way. I I like the flag. I'm a fan of it. Most of us are. I never had an issue with the flag being the helmet. I thought it looked great. So do I hate it? No, I'm not mad about it. I just don't get why we're clamoring for something when the other thing was good. And if I'm being honest, I would have preferred the flag to this, but it's fine. I'm not furious about it, and everybody seems to love it. So yeah, I think I'm apples it, and oranges. It, I, I, I like know, them both. It, it comes off very much to me like, Vermont, just give me the thing that I used to like. Like It's just some sort of bizarre nostalgia play. I almost just wish they would commit to doing like one game a year in the – script helmets just to kind of make everybody happy the, the friday say, night game or something whatever it yeah. is right yeah whatever they're whatever they do some primetime game every year they play in the script helmets just to appease everyone or homecoming every year they play in the script helmets and then I, whatever man whatever i'm spending too much time talking about it i got I, I got i gotta back off of it i'm spending way too much time I mean, I guess if you're passionate about it. I mean, I like the flags a lot too. I don't know. I, I guess. I, I, I guess it's I. It's a really good looking flag. Yeah, it is. And it looks it good is. on a helmet. 
Because it looks good everywhere. As we know, because we wear the flag on everything. They should just flip a coin each week. I got a pair of shorts that I wear to the gym sometimes. It's just the flag. And you know what happens every time? Dude, I love those shorts. <laughs> every time. Every effing time. And it's just the flag. That's all it is. There's nothing creative about it. There's nothing clever about it. Is anyone going to come it's up to you if you wear if you wear flag. shorts that just have that have the script terps on it? No one's going to say anything, are they? What's that? If if, if you wear shorts that have the script terps on I don't think so. Yeah. I've never tried, but I guess if you track down a pair, we can do a social experiment yes. and see how people feel about it. It's That's how they should weird. decide the helmets. Very weird. That's Oh, if, how many people respond to my yeah. script shorts? Yes. Uh, okay. Compared to the flag <laughs> we shorts. Can, we can look into that, I guess. We can do that. Really weird, dude. Really, really weird. All right. Um, I feel like there was something else I wanted to say. But, uh, you know, you already told you everything I feel about Hunter Dickinson. Like, I get it. I think they're a better team with him. I just don't know that he's – I guess the guy that I wish was available was a true kind of stretch 6-7 play- – those guys aren't available. Those guys are in the NBA. Yeah. Like – I like wish there like was Jalen Wilson or something. Somebody that could, yeah, somebody that could help more in, you know, in interior, but was also capable of shoot. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for something that isn't available. Is this is what's out there? This is your way to improve your team. I'm not opposed to it. I just you're gonna have to you have to show me the way that the seven footer has been helpful for a team trying to win a national championship. I don't see it. I yeah. I don't. Anthony Davis won a championship with Kentucky. Is that the last time? I guess. I mean, I guess, like a like a like a, a massive. I thought they lost. Did they? Did they lose? I thought Anthony Davis's team like lost to Wisconsin in the Final Four. Am I conflating I that I with re- another re- Kentucky think, team? Was I he think, on the title? So. He was on yeah, the title he was on team because I remember like it was a big deal because he he he, like, right, well, he, he won was, a gold medal the same yeah. year that he won a national championship and like. All right, like, all right. I'm overthinking yeah. this. I'm overthinking this. I think the moral of the story being. Right, it's tough to like they, they don't. That was a different. There's Anthony no, there's no, correlation. there's no comparison between Anthony Davis and Hunter Dickinson either. By the way, right? Like, I, I got we got to be honest about that. That's a different beast that you're talking about in Anthony Davis. I get it. I'm not. I'm not saying I don't want Hunter Dickinson. It's just, I I am nervous about what's next. I'm nervous about what Jeff Herman just said. Well, they get Hunter Dickinson, all of a sudden they're a top ten team, which they will be, and I've told you that all along. They'll be a top 10 team. The expectations will be sky high through the roof, and I don't know that they are a Final Four title contender with Hunter Dickinson as much as they're a team that is slated to be like Purdue and win a bunch of games in the regular season. and Lose to Fairleigh Dickinson? I don't know about Fairleigh Dickinson. <laughs> and I get it. They'd have better guards you know, with Jameer Young and Deshaun Harris-Smith, and, and maybe that's the case. Maybe it's just that these teams, the Luka Garza's, these guys – in the Big Ten, have not had, although Luca Garza had Keegan Murray with him. Yeah. How'd that work out? Jet Howard, didn't Jet Howard declare for the draft, I think? Like, I mean. Did he? I think he might have. I, I just. Make sure. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. All right. I'm, I'm trying not to. I, I, again, I'm yucking yums, and I don't want to do that. Everybody's very excited about Hunter Dickinson. I'm not opposed to Hunter Dickinson. I just am not as. Like I, I don't think that my expectations are going to be what yours will be if Maryland lands Hunter Dickinson. I also, to Jeff's point, think it's very possible the moment he looks around at Kansas and says, oh, <laughs> this is what you have to offer me, huh? Home sounds great, but Kansas is Kansas. I think I'll choose this. I think that's possible, too. Is that today or tomorrow? The Kansas he visit? said 
think he said tomorrow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, tomorrow okay. it starts is what he think. Yeah, I, I, I believe that was the case. Oh, he gets a four day weekend in Kansas, and they're gonna. Well, I mean, like it's not it's him. not like it's an exotic location. Yeah. It's just the way that they treat their basketball players. It's just the amenities that are available to a Kansas basketball player that are a little bit different than they are at anywhere else besides, say, Kentucky. Like there's Kentucky, I probably Carolina and Kansas as far as the amenities available to you. But it's not like you're at the beach or something like that. It's not like the women are, you know, better looking in Kansas than they are, say, in like Tempe, Arizona. UCLA. Yeah, somewhere like that. Today's show also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. When we come back in, Russell Melendez from Johns Hopkins Lacrosse is going to join us. they got a huge game coming up on Saturday night. We'll talk to him next. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Are you a diehard O's fan looking for the perfect way to show your team spirit? Look no further than Birdland Sports. Birdland Sports is a small business run by fans for fans. They offer a wide variety of unofficial O's merchandise from the Birds Are Coming tees to player cartoon shirts and more. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. So head to BirdlandSports.com and grab your gear today. Show your support for the Birds with Birdland Sports. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson looks at the pipeline of talent still to come for the Orioles. Diving in on last year's number one pick, Jackson Holiday, and other top prospects like Colton Kowser, Heston Kerstad, Kobe Mayo, and more. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles Orioles pitcher Kyle Gibson. And Bo Smolka breaks down what progress would mean for the team's 2022 draft picks in their second pro season. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip That first bite mm. Starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world At Royal Farms, breakfast is available daily Day and night, it's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Hartford Community College in Bel Air, Maryland, along with the National Junior College Athletic Association's Region 20, will host the 2023 NJCAA Men's Lacrosse National Championship May 13th and 14th at Hartford Sports Complex, 401 Thomas Run Road in Bel Air. Semifinals are on Saturday, May 13th. The National Championship is Sunday, May 14th. Catch the action for $10 each day. Tickets will be available in advance or at the gate on game day. Qualifying teams will be announced. What air conditioning company can save 50% of your energy cost and qualify you for up to $7,500 in rebates? A.J. Michaels. We do more, we do it better for less. In Baltimore and Annapolis, ajmichaels.com. If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressboxonline, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait. Did I say Grinder? I don't think that you would find it on Grinder. Not that I know what's on Grinder or anything. I swear. Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in here on GCR as we continue along on a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of GCR. 
It is official. Kyle Bradish indeed will come off the DL and make the start for the Orioles today as they close this weird midweek two-game series that I always hate. Uh, Mackenzie Gore goes for the Nationals tonight at 7, so Kyle Bradish does return. And again, you know, you're, you're hoping that Kyle Bradish is the guy that we saw a year ago. If he is, then... You know the Orioles have a their their whatever we thought their pitching problem was going into this week changes significantly if Kyle Bradish settles back into being that guy now that he's healthy. So Kyle Bradish, indeed, it is official. The Orioles have announced will make the start today. Um, did we see what the corresponding roster move was? Uh, not yet. Actually, At least I didn't. Don't. I, I guess the Orioles haven't made it, or like I guess their Twitter account or whatever hasn't made it official. But they we'll see if uh, see if they've made it. Uh, I'm trying to think about who who would go. Who's who's lingering in the bullpen? Would it be Cano? He's been oh, good. Man, I don't yeah, think I mean, he could uh, make a Cano. He wrote like, the bullpen card yesterday. Did you see that? I did not see that, but that's oh, dope. Man, it was awesome. I love that. Was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, he's been too helpful. I don't think it can be Cano. Who would it be? Who's been who's stunk out of the bullpen? Both. Think, yeah, both. But he's your. I guess he's your he's long, long guy. guy. I guess he is. Man, this is actually a good question. He's. I don't think it's CNL Perez, but boy, is he stunk. Uh, who are we forgetting about? Who are we forgetting about? I mean, they used Cologne for like I think a third of an inning yesterday. But I mean, he's too good too. He's no, he's good been too. really helpful. Yeah. I I genuinely don't know. This is this is a weird bit, man. I don't know who the answer is because I don't think I I don't know if you end up in a sheer number situation where you have to do something that you don't want to do, but. Maybe somebody's having a baby, they can put them on paternity. Yeah, the Keegan Aiken thing all over again. <laughs> Be helpful. Be helpful if that were the case. All right, they'll make a roster move today for Kyle Bradish. We'll find out. I have no doubt in the uh, the next uh, couple of minutes and hours, whatever the move is. And, and somebody, again, is probably listening like, dude, you're an idiot. You're not thinking about so-and-so. It's just when sometimes these things come to my brain and I'm like, wait, who is it? I don't know. I don't know who it would be. I do know... That there is a huge game coming up on Saturday night. Hopkins and Maryland down in College Park, a showdown of two top ten teams that are both playing really good lacrosse right now, one of the best rivalries in all of local sports. Joining us now, um, someone who's a local kid from Archbishop Spalding. He wandered out to Marquette for a couple years but came back to Hopkins and is having a hell of a season. We welcome into the program Russell Melendez, who joins us right now on GCR. Russell, it's Glenn. It's great to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, dude. Um, I want to talk about you, and then we'll get into this season. Your journey from growing up in uh, Severna Park to ending up at Spalding, wandering out to Marquette. How did it all play out for you to wind up back here at home and at Hopkins? You know, I had I had aspirations of playing at Hopkins since I was little. Um yeah, I grew up playing in the backyard with my brother, and we'd mess around, um, imagining ourselves in, in championships, screaming that we're, we're part of the Blue Jays team. Wow. Um, and, you know, God took me on a journey, and he brought me out to Marquette, um, and that was a perfect place for me to mature as, as an individual and also um, in my game, too. So uh, the preparation, everything I've learned has, has kind of brought me to Hopkins as a complete player um but you know it's still surreal that i'm playing on homewood um yeah i'm still taking it all in but but this journey has been incredible you know what's wild about that too is you were barely alive uh, the last time johns hopkins won a national championship why 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 was it that hopkins was so much you know is it just hey this is johns hopkins and when you if you play lacrosse you know 
that Hopkins is the program. What was it that made you have such a, a, a love and affinity for Hopkins lacrosse when you were growing up? Now, my dad got his, he got a couple masters from Johns Hopkins, but he was go. working on his doctorate. There you go. He, he got his PhD from, from Hopkins in 2017. So growing up, I think youngest, I was, I was five years old and I got my first stick at a Hopkins game. Um, so, you know, that, that plays hand in hand. Um, with uh with the imagination the story behind it but um yeah i've always wanted to come here and play and i think my dad played a huge role in that what does it mean to you to you know just to be able to put on the jersey for the first time and now when we talk about you playing in a hopkins maryland game on saturday night um what kind of goosebumps does that give you just thinking about it you know it's everything here is just electric like literally every game I, i suit up for um there's a new story to be told, but honestly, I, I think about it like every other game. Everyone's like, this is the biggest rivalry. This is the most heightened it'll get. This is when, you know, you'll feel it the most. But in reality, um, you know, Coach Crawley talks to us. He, he says, this preparation to play Maryland doesn't start this week. Or, like, we're not playing them just on that day. We do this, you know, at 4.50 in the fall when we're getting up in the morning um, preparing for days like this. So um, I trust my preparation. I'm I'm just excited to play, and I think nothing different from that and any other game I play in. Hopkins attackman Russell Melendez, 26 goals on the season. He's with us here on GCR. Um, Russell, did you did you know, obviously it had been a, a little bit of a, a, a tough patch for Hopkins of late. When you decided to come, did you know, did you look around and say, I, I see the talents there I know we're going to be able to get this thing turned around this season and we're going to be competing for championships again. Like, or, or were you kind of taking a risk? Like, I, I hope we can, like, what were your expectations coming into the season? You know, I, it's weird. Cause at the end of last season, um, the two seasons I had before this were cut short due to surgery. Um, and I was beat up and they took a, they took a chance on me. Um, mm. but when you look at the roster, I mean, Every kid on the team is exceptional. Um, they're beyond good. Um, and I just kind of – I had a feeling I accepted the challenge. A lot of people were like, don't look at Hopkins um, with the history and the past. But, I mean, I looked at it as something, not only a challenge, but um, what a great opportunity to, to show everybody what we're made of. And I'm just – I'm grateful that I, I got the chance. Um, that Coach K called me up and he gave me an opportunity. So, um I think we're all accepting the challenge, and and we know what Hopkins is. Um, we're kind of embracing that right now. You you know what allowed for you guys to click the way that you have with you know new faces like yourself going through. There were a lot of injury issues at the beginning of the season. Um, what allowed you guys to start clicking and put this type of season together? I think a lot of it has to do with um, you know everyone bought in. I think that's huge, but. Also bringing in Coach Crawley, uh, hmm. you know that's a that's a huge part to this team that that people might look over. You know what's the difference from last year to this year? It might be adding a couple transfers, but you have to also take into account that Coach Crawley came in. He gave us that that free flowing offense and the freedom to to make plays and and to play how we need to, and also to play to our strengths because we have so many so many fire like. We have so many talented players on our offensive uh, lines, and he lets us play free, and 
we can utilize all of our strengths to our advantage. So I think that that plays a huge role into it. But all honesty, it's all of us buying in and just the relationships we've made together. And, and it's the trust that Coach Milliman, um he's always talking about. So I think it's all coming together perfect. You feel like you guys are trending in the direction where you can start having some bigger goals again now here as you get to the end of the season? Like, I – I know Absolutely. all. You, I know that all that matters is Maryland. Like I understand that's the way the sport works, right? Like I get that. But do you feel like you're playing like a team that's capable of winning the Big Ten, Final Four, that type of stuff? I think that's. You mentioned just that that Maryland's the end goal, but really we look past that, and I think that's the biggest thing. It's everything we're doing is in preparation for a national championship. Uh, and with that in mind, if you shoot for the stars, you, if you shoot for the, the moon, you land somewhere in the stars. So um, we're going for it all, and I think we're completely capable of that. Uh, you're back. We're talking, chatting with Russell Melendez, attackman from Johns Hopkins. Again, Maryland Hopkins, Saturday night, huge game down in College Park. Um, Russell, your background, um, I, I'm, I'm good friends with uh, Brian Phipps. I've been uh, working with the Archbishop Spalding. I actually have been doing their games the, this season. Really? Uh, yeah, it's, cool. it's, it's been a tough year for that. But I get it. They're a young team. <laughs> like, we know what they're going through. Um, how much did that program, which has really been on the rise in recent years, how much did being around there help prepare you for this? And being around not only Coach but his entire staff help prepare you for playing at this highest level? I think Spalding was honestly the best school I could have chose. Um, one, because when I, when I went there, um, Coach Phipps took on a challenge, and he made a, a bottom seed MIAA team, a top seed MIAA team, uh, by the end of my four years. But um, the preparation in the MIAA is huge for, for kids looking to play in college, um, and I think that played a huge role in my confidence and my ability. Um, because I had already seen and played with the best players. Um, but Coach Phipps had a huge impact on me. Um, he taught me to play simple, to play efficient, but he also uh, he helped me mature as, as a young adult and a young man. He, he cared about me a ton, but he made the program feel like a college program, and that's huge. Uh, and then he added in Spencer Ford, who kind of helped me develop yeah. in my offensive game and give me uh, – some advice and some some lessons that I I brought right into the college uh, the college scene. So, you know, for preparation, from a preparation perspective, I think Spalding was the perfect place for me to be. It's awesome. Um, I know you come from a bit of a lacrosse family, right? Like I know. Yeah. Uh, your mom was a really good lacrosse player. Like, was it always yeah. lacrosse for you growing up? Like, was it always? Did you ever? Did you play other sports? And like, when did you know? Dude, this is this is my love. This is my passion. This is the thing I want to pursue. Yeah, I mean, I played I played all sports. I played soccer, volleyball, and uh, basketball in high school. Um, I also had a love for flipping. I love gymnastics. My really? brother and I would always be flipping. Wow, uh, that yeah. is that is not. I'm gonna guess there's not a lot of guys that take the same path that you. Yeah. Across. You know, everyone asks about the injuries, and the majority of them are from flipping. So. <laughs> <laughs> that might, that might have not been the smartest route, but it was definitely it goes hand in hand with everything I'm doing now. But um, yeah, I played all sports growing up, but I knew lacrosse was my was my passion and and love for it. My dad actually put a he put a huge net around my whole yard, and my mom was kind of angry at the time, <laughs> and uh, she was like, 
Chris, this will be this will be probably one of the best investments we'll ever make, and um, that gave me the freedom to play all the time, not have to chase balls. Yeah, and I think that alone, um, just having a backyard and uh, you know time on my hands. That's that's all I would do. I would just I would just play lacrosse growing up, and that's where I imagined everything. And you talk about big time players, and it's all visualization. They've been there before, um, so I'm kind of just seeing it play out as I did when I was thinking about it as a kid. I, I need you to come talk to my eight-year-old, who's still pretty passive about, <laughs> like, he's having fun hanging out with his friends playing, yeah. but then when I'm like, hey, dude, no, you actually have to get low to get the ground ball. You can't just wander yeah. over to it. I'm struggling. <laughs> I need you to, to have a conversation with him about his passion for the game because it's been a bit of a struggle of late. Um, by the way, the flipping thing is amazing to me. Like, do you still do it? At, like, is it still something that you, you use to help train in any way, or... Like have you? I, I do. I still love to do it. Like, but the thing is, um, I have to be. I have to limit it just because I don't want to get hurt. But right. I will send a couple backflips in practice here and there, but yeah. Damn man. Damn. Yeah. That is that is like the most athletic thing I've ever heard. Just casually, <laughs> every now and then, I just do a couple backflips in the middle of practice. <laughs> Like, oh right, cool. Yeah, I still got it. right. Just a super casual thing to do on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon as you're getting ready for Hopkins, Maryland on Saturday <laughs> night. What a world, man! So I, I, I'm assuming that the goal is to continue playing and and go on, maybe get to the PLL. Is there any thought like, hey, or maybe I try to pursue the Olympics in gymnastics at some point in my future? <laughs> like, what is it? What is the future gonna be for Russell Melendez? I don't even know. <laughs> I, take, I take it day by day. Right. I respect that. Worry about a game on Saturday. That's what's going yeah. on in your world. I get it. Hey, uh, Russell, yeah. where can uh, we have folks uh, follow you? Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? Uh, Instagram, Sproutical. All my handles are Sproutical. Um, and that's it. Awesome, man. Hey, uh, dude, I really enjoyed this conversation, Russell. You're a fascinating yeah, thank cat. Thank you for man. having me. Really fascinating. Uh, best of luck, obviously, not only on, on set. I guess I should say, like, you know, hey, this is Maryland, right? Like, this is, yeah. you know, it's going to take you guys, you know, playing a great game, and I'm sure you're feeling good about that opportunity, <laughs> right? It's... Absolutely. No doubt, man. Russell, congratulations on everything. Best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning. Thank you for having me. Russell Melendez from uh, Johns Hopkins. Just out there doing backflips in practice. You know, as one does. Just kind of casually. That is, I, I did not, I, who knew? Who knew? Uh, really interesting cat. Appreciate him taking the time for us. And uh, he's been a really nice player for Hopkins since he arrived uh, as a transfer from Marquette. Has made a huge difference for them this season. As they have been able to uh, get things going. They go into a big game on Saturday. All right, uh, continue to get me responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. Griffin, let's go over hours before we take our final break, and then you can try those during our final break. How about we do that? Um, number one, again, Would You Rather Wednesday is always brought to you by Birdland Sports, and they'll hook you up not only, or maybe your favorite T-shirt from birdlandsports.com, or you can get your own Homer hose from birdlandsports.com. I linked it up on our Twitter account earlier today. Check it out. And um, you can order yours, or if you win, I got a funny feeling that Josh would be willing to send you the hose instead of a shirt. I'm, I'm saying that on his behalf. <laughs> and I put it out on Twitter, and he didn't correct me, so we're just going to roll with it. <laughs> we're going to assume that if you win, you can choose the Homer hose instead. But 
I'll let you guys deal with that if you end up being the randomly selected winner uh, for Would You Rather Wednesday. Number one, and again, this has been a struggle today. A lot of people trying to get around it. It's a very simple question. Would you rather the Ravens give up their first for DeAndre Hopkins and a third or use the first on a cornerback or edge rusher? Um, I'll take DeAndre Hopkins because it means, I mean, it would have to mean Lamar Jackson's coming back. And okay. uh, I think that should be our number one priority. But do you think it means Lamar Jackson is here long term? Because I'm already, uh, again, I'm already what's, at 90, what's, I'm already at 93% yeah, yeah. that Lamar Jackson's playing this season. What's, what's, uh, what's his contract situation? Well, the belief has always been that you're going to have to give him a new contract. Although I believe, yeah. again, in that conversation that they had yesterday, Pac-Man Jones suggested that might not actually be the case. So I'm not sure now what to make of it. He would be a free agent after uh, 2024. Mm, okay. He so is, so we get him for this year and next. Next year, and he counts. And he's, he's going to be 31 in June. Yes. So there is a real question as to whether or not you'd want to pay him more, which I think has been an inf- issue as far as trying to develop a trade market for DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, so we give up our first. We you get Hopkins and a third. Again, <laughs> I base that math on the idea that the, if, yeah, okay. if the Cardinals are holding out to get a second for DeAndre Hopkins, if that's what they're saying is we're getting, we're not just going to give him up. We got to get a second for DeAndre Hopkins. Even obviously don't have. You that. could trade your first, get a second and a third, and then move that second to get Hopkins. So I'm just putting it all into one trade. Got it. Um, uh, yeah, I'm still going to take DeAndre Hopkins. I think uh, you know. Again, the Ravens are just cursed at drafting receivers. So as much as I want them to take a receiver at one anyway, uh, I mean, you know, take the proven commodity. If, if he's, Even if he's only going to be good for one, maybe two years, uh, I think it gives us a really, really good chance to, I mean, they'd be really, they'd be really, really good with Lamar Jackson throwing to DeAndre Hopkins, Rashad Bateman, and Odell Beckham next year. So I'm in an, uncom- take him. I'm in an uncomfortable take him. place with this one. I'm in a really uncomfortable place with this. Because before the Beckham addition this is obvious to me right like of course you do the hopkins thing it it feels like you're putting a lot of stock in 30 year old wide receivers that's what they've always done Uh, not multiples that actually helped um to not have a pick in either of the first two rounds it's tough I mean, it's tough. it's tough. I guess you could move up, use both those third round picks to go get a second rounder, but now you've got one pick total over three rounds. Patrick Queen's still going to get traded. So. There is still that possibility that Patrick Queen could be traded. I mean, that's definitely a possibility to get to net you another pick. Mm-hmm. Although the closer you get to the draft, you know, like the less likely that becomes, but it's still certainly a possibility that they're holding out and and dangling. I don't know that I can do it. I'm in a really tough I, – I mean, it's very difficult for me. I, I'm telling you, I, as a guy that has demanded improved performance at wide receiver, it, this is just – like, it's – we all understand there's a difference in talking about trading for A.J. Brown and trading for DeAndre Hopkins or trading for Stephon Diggs once upon a time. And I get it. that It would have been harder to make an A.J. Brown trade, as easy as it is to say, well, why didn't you make that trade? Well, I, the Titans would have n- preferred to not trade within their own conference because the Titans still intended to compete last season. They weren't waving the white flag and saying we're going to stink for a while. They thought they could save some money but yet still have Derrick Henry and Robert Woods would be helpful and drafted 
wide receiver, and they thought they were still going to be competitive a year ago. So you would have had to have paid more than what the Eagles paid in order to get A.J. Brown. But you would have had A.J. Brown, and that's a no-brainer type of move. This one starts to get tricky. A lot of people are saying, well, that's just too much to pay for DeAndre Hopkins. I would, I would have agreed, or I, I wouldn't have agreed with that before Odell Beckham. Before Odell Beckham, when it's a wasteland at the position, there's just no way I'm doing it. Now you're starting to present a scenario where now you could go into next year with Beckham, Bateman, you know, Duvernay, and maybe another third-round receiver this year. Jonathan Mingo. Sure, Jonathan Mingo. Rakim Jarrett later in the yeah. draft, as Ken Zales brought up. I mean, in the the Rams kind of show that this can that this this can work. I mean, if you go balls to the wall and trades, yeah, but you is get this guy? Di- obviously, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, there's a big well. difference. Like when we say the words balls to the wall, yeah. right? Like, there's 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 like the, what the Eagles did. We all agree was the correct amount of all in. Didn't get them a Super Bowl, but it's the correct amount of all in. It's trading for guys that don't make it one year or nothing. The Rams, it was one year or nothing, yeah. right? Like, they had to win. Now, they did. So, uh, no matter what it costs them, when they, they move on from Allen Robinson, like, who cares? By the way, Allen Robinson came afterwards. Um, they won a Super Bowl. Who the F cares what that price is afterwards? This is a weird version of all-in. This is a, a riskier all-in. Look, I... I'm not convinced that DeAndre Hopkins is just falling off a cliff. But I wasn't convinced that Julio Jones was just falling off yeah. a cliff either. So I'm I am struggling with it. I am struggling with selling your soul for receivers on the other side of 30. I think I'm going to say no. And it's a tough one for me. It's very difficult, but I think ultimately I have to say no and get get your cornerback or and if you get a Nolan Smith, if he's there, boring. I understand. I understand. Give it's, me nuke. I did sexier the other way. Yeah. Number two, the uh, anytime pinch runner, or no, that's going too far. I mean, yeah, it's going too far. Yeah, what? what, what? Entirely too far. I mean, what? A, what? An a, absolute joke. Yeah, Everything mean, like, about. By so, the way, so, okay. So Jorge Mateo can pinch run every single inning. No, somebody who's not. You can't take somebody who's already in the line. Right, right, right. We'll say Jorge Mateo's on the bench, I guess. Well, why would that be the case? He's I, I, good. Oh, Billy Hamilton, sure. Yes, then. Billy Hamilton could be sitting on your bench, and my understanding is whenever you want, you can put Billy Hamilton into the game. So Santan Terry just draws a leadoff run. walk. You can put Billy Hamilton out there, let him run the bases, and then... If he comes around to score and the inning's still going I, on, I would put him back out there. I, they didn't really clarify that in the announcement yesterday. I would <laughs> guess it can't be more than once a They're inning. actually doing that this, this year, they're saying? The Atlantic they're League they're is doing, doing it that. this season. Jeez. And that, it, this is the it, is it like a twenty seventh. The Atlantic player? League is the Waldorf team, I think. I think so. Yeah, I think the Southern Maryland Blue is it, Crabs, is that like the York Revolution too. I, think. I believe they're also yeah. in that league. Yes, um, and they've done other kind of goofy things over the years. They were the they did the they were the league that tested the robot umps, right? And it worked really well because I, well, I remember I, mean, I went to a York. We all agree game. with the robot umps. We all think the robot yeah. umps should be in Major League Baseball already, and the umpires are trying to do everything in their power. The the, the guy. Um, giving a strike to who was it that came back to the, the LA last week and was getting a, an ovation? Oh, and Cody Bellinger. Cody Bellinger, yes. exactly right. Cody Bellinger yes. comes back to LA, gets an ovation, and they give him an effing strike for not being yeah. in the box. Apparently, just fire everyone. Apparently, what they're supposed to do is that before the game, the 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 manager is supposed to tell the umpire, "Oh, we're going to give him an ov- we think he's going to get an ovation or something," and they have to like 
It's the it, clear that just, up ahead of, just ahead of time. Just apparently, get entirely out of here. If you're an umpire doing that, you shouldn't be employed. And again, you're making it easier for us, and I appreciate that to not miss you when you're gone because you're gonna be gone. It's gonna be over. So thank you for helping it. If there are still people that are struggling with the idea of robot umps, thank you for doing more work to make sure that everybody's okay with robot umps by the time we get there. Appreciate it. Shout out to you guys. Um, moral of this. They really did that. I could not believe what was happening in that moment. Um, moral of all this being, all of these ideas are bad. The only one that I can make redeemable for is they're also going to uh, the throwovers. They're going to limit them to one per at bat, which seems un like you've already limited it to two, right? Like why are you going further with that? But I just don't care enough. At this, I, at this point, a single just put them on second after this. Well, I'm, I'm, if you add in the pinch runner yeah. thing, yes. I'm but that part alone. It, without the silly pinch runner thing, I don't think is the end of the world because I get it. Like nobody's coming to a game to watch somebody throw over to first base, and I kind of don't know why we made throwovers such a part of the game. Like get to the baseball, make a pitch. If somebody's gonna steal, they go to steal. Like that's the way it's gonna be. Your sec, your catcher's got to try to throw them out. Like get to the baseball part. Baseball was right to get rid of. It. Everyone always boos whenever there's a throw over to first base because it ain't baseball. We just It's something that we accepted as being part of the game that n never actually made sense. It's sort of like the neighborhood play that we just accepted as being part of the game or these crazy collisions at home play that have nothing to do with baseball but we just accepted because they were around for a long time. Like I'm okay with the limiting the disengagements. I don't think it's necessary. I think two is fine. But if they did one day make it one, I don't think that's the end of the world. The cockamamie double hook thing, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. I can't believe there is nothing wrong with openers. The only issue with openers is for betters. Because when you bet baseball, what you're really betting on is the starting pitching matchup. So that's what Major League Baseball, now that they're in bed with the betting people, are like, well, we might, we might want to discourage openers because when there are openers, there's, I'm going to guess, far less action on a baseball game. So Major League Baseball says, well, how do we work with our betting partners? From a baseball standpoint, who cares who pitches the innings? We're probably going to learn one day that it's smarter to have a staff of pitchers pitch collectively uh, a more spread out number of innings than it is to try to have somebody go 200 plus innings a year. Mm -hmm. Openers are not a problem. Now, you feel like you have to solve the problem. Just ban openers. Figure out a, a, a way to do it. Have you know a team force force that team to announce these are our five starting pitchers, and then they can only pitch one of those five starting pitchers. But to say, hey, your starter is getting his brains beat in, you have to leave him in the game to continue getting his brains beat in, or the penalty is we're going to make it drastically more difficult for you to try to come back in that game. Does nothing to benefit baseball. What it benefits is. More games you want to turn off in the second inning. Bigger blowouts. Less interesting games. It's insanity. Openers are not actually a problem for anything other than betting. And at some point, you can't capitulate everything just to gambling. Or let the get betting companies get smarter. Figure out other things to do. I, I, that, that's the only reason to think that openers are a problem. I, I, maybe they say, well, hey, look, we want more. If I wanted to give them benefit of the doubt and say it wasn't only about gambling. 
Felix Hernandez Day in Seattle. Remember our, our buddy Kevin Van Valkenburg wrote about it once upon a time. Like, when, when you have an ace, the electricity that that brings to a city, and we have not experienced it in Baltimore in a very long time. Chris Tillman flirted with it a little bit, but was never really that guy. It we was, wanted to believe that Dylan Bundy was that guy. For was it a Mike Messina the last? Mike Messina was the last actual ace that existed in Baltimore. Kevin Gaussman never was. Alfredo the, Simon? Yeah, thank you. There was Alfredo Simon. <laughs> Daniel Cabrera, obviously, and Sidney Ponson. Um, when that guy goes, when, when Garrett Cole pitches, here's the dirty secret. Most nights in New York, you can get into games fine. Like, it's not that hard, but when Garrett Cole pitches, there's more electricity to it. When Verlander, Scherzer, Kershaw, when those guys pitch, there is more electricity. More people want to be at the game. There is a greater feel. It gets better ratings, all of those things, because it's Felix Day. It's, you know, insert name, Sabathia Day, David Otani Price Day, Day. Otani Day. It's obviously a That's different animal day. altogether, <laughs> right? That's a completely different kind. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, it's when those guys have gone, when that's been the pitcher, it has created a more... So baseball wants that. They want starting pitchers to be significant because they want the electricity of big pitching matchups of, you know, just that day within the city. Right now, we have not gotten to a point where starting pitching is dead. We're just experimenting with openers. That's it. I think they're solving a problem that doesn't exist. Or trying to solve a problem that doesn't exist. It's cockamamie. It's stupid. I'm opposed to it. Um, and then you know, as we talked about the pinch runner thing, it's just yeah, it's yeah, bat ass insane. Like what? I mean, uh, when when do, we, when do we make it a football it'll team? It'll be when do you get to the point where you just have one group of players that are your hitters and one group of players that are your yeah your runners like, and one group of players that no are your cricket position? Does and no, I, I have no idea what cricket does. I couldn't uh, possibly like, tell you. They have like certain fielders, whatever. But like you're you're gonna get to a point. Where you're gonna have four different groups of players on your team. You're gonna have hitters, position players, runners, and pitchers, and you're gonna have to have a forty-man roster for a baseball team to have ten of each. Like, it's insanity. This well, is insane. Well, it's like what Ken was saying: more jobs. Sure, more jobs. It's creating more jobs. Nuts. And then uh, number three, more coaches. Have you have you watched the video? Uh, I have not watched it. I have not. I do have it up though. I, I mean, I see it's like four minutes long. I'm not sure. Uh, it's yeah. it's loaded with curse words. I'm not oh, sure if okay. we want right. to. I mean, we definitely have to. Uh, all right. I haven't done this in a long time. Adult content alert. Adult content alert. If you are in a vehicle with a child or somewhere right now where a child is around, get rid of them. Th- throw them out the moving vehicle. No, I don't actually do that. That's, but, that's the best solution. No, don't do that for sure. Encourage them to put some headphones on or, you know, just fast forward five minutes in this. Give me five minutes. I'm not going to play the entire clip, but this is the, the video that has gone viral this week of the, uh, the gentleman uh, losing his mind about the crying baby on the Southwest flight. And an SW, a passenger loses his mind over a baby. That child has been crying. Please. 
was a black baby, what the fuck would be happening? So I know you're not going with it. You're not going with it. I'm fucking going with it. We're not in Florida yet. It's going to do what the fuck you feel I was sleep the whole time. You never served me anything. I didn't try to keep my calm, but if I wasn't on this plane, I would Because there's a child trying on the flight, non-fucking stop. That's what's happening. It's not ending anytime soon, by the way. Hang on, the really funny line is coming up. No, 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 no. Let's be honest. Hold on, hold on. You want to be rational? No, 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 no. Let's be rational. We, we are in a fucking tin can with a baby in a goddamn echo chamber, and you want to talk to me about being fucking okay? Okay, because you're young. So is the baby. Okay, so you're a man. Did that motherfucker play that shit again? That's the best line. That's that's the money shot. And again, that's the problem is the guy's so entertaining yeah. at times. Yes. <laughs> like, Making good points. That you that you <laughs> Did that ever play extra to yell? <laughs> this is such a good line. Now again, you oh, got man. screaming baby for this gentleman says at least forty minutes, screaming baby. Now this gentleman is screaming and making a scene on top of it. That flight, you're coming home. So you don't have to you're not it's not like you have to be at a destination by a certain time. You're coming home, that flight, or waiting three extra hours at the airport. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. This is this is a no-brainer. I I can't stand kids on flights. I I I, I that's a that's a bit much. I can't stand. Like, it. I feel like what I if feel they're like well behaved? 10, well, then I, I mean, too bad, too bad. I mean, like, what is that? It should be illegal for kids under ten all right, to all fly. Right, you've got you you're gonna have to your your life is about to be drastically different. <laughs> I, illegal I can't for stand. kids under ten to fly. Yeah. Well, I mean, God. Figure it out, man. We, we like, figure what out? I, tr- I don't know. Like, the, I mean, if you're, if you're, if you can't, if your kid is that, if they have that many issues, I mean, you, you shouldn't take them on a plane. It's called being a kid. That's well, what it's called. I, yeah, I got bad I mean, news for you. I mean, you were one once too. Yeah, I know it's gonna be hard for great. you to believe. I was great. On yeah, the, you have on no planes. idea what you were. No clue. Uh, all right. Also, so, I didn't fly much probably when I was under ten. I don't know. Might maybe, be the case. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I, apparently, I was of the age where they could just put me on a plane and fly me across the country without my parents. That was that was a thing that occurred for people right. my well, I mean, age and younger. Maybe maybe they should have like screenings where you no, know if there's stop. kids like All right. you. All who right. can. Griffin has nothing to offer to the conversation. I can't. Um, I'll, I'll easily. I'll I take, just I'll take a six-hour delay. I'm in general the type. I of might person, take a six-hour delay. I, this happened to us once when we were flying back from uh, Nashville when we used to do the show at the winter meetings. I opted for the last flight of the day, and we got because Stan was on the previous flight. We got to the airport and Stan said, "Good news." There's a seat left on this flight. You can get on this flight. And I said, Stan, I'm going to politely pass. And he said, why? And I said, because I know what that means about the next flight. He said, what? I said, I know that means the next flight is not full at all. And it means that my experience in this hellscape that is flying is going to be greatly improved because I'm going to have some leg room on my flight. So I'm going to choose to stay on that flight. And even though I'm going to get back a little bit later... I'm going to live with that. It was only like a difference in an hour and a half or something like that. Like, I'm going to just get some work done here at the airport. I'll be okay. Again, there's a bar down. I can go get myself a beer. I got, uh, you know, Netflix, whatever it is. And I'm going to live because I'm going to have a more pleasant experience on the following flight. And that's exactly what I did. 
and I was I had the entire row to myself. It was just wonderful. Oh, I couldn't have asked for anything better. So that's always I'm always going to choose. There was the no more, kid on that floor. Imagine if there was a kid, a little. Kid I wouldn't have even noticed. I was in such mm, paradise. I wouldn't have even oh noticed man. at that point. Continue to get me your responses at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. We will share them throughout the day. And someone's going to win a free T-shirt from Birdland Sports. When we come back in, we will get a tidbit and tube to wrap it up for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Yeah, that's when the right. Right. We need uh, the, the, the audio and everything. Baseball season is finally here, and what better way to celebrate than with some fresh gear from Birdland Sports. As a small business run by O's fans, Birdland Sports offers a great selection of unofficial merchandise, including unique designs like Birds Are Coming tees, player cartoon shirts, and championship prediction designs. And the best part? Their prices are more affordable than the big guys. Get high-quality gear without breaking the bank. So whether you're heading to the ballpark or watching from home, show your love for the birds with Birdland Sports. Visit Birdland Sports Sports.com today to browse their collection and gear up for the season. Let's go O's. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co host Zach Goodman will be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off season discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you? All right, winding down for a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Today's show has also been brought to you by A.J. Michaels, expert and award-winning A.J. Michaels Heating, A.C., Plumbing, and Home Performance will improve your home's energy efficiency and comfort levels. A.C. season is coming up fast. New rebates and discounts are available. More at AJMichaels.com. I'm trying to think if there was anything we didn't get into today that we were supposed to. Yeah, I think we're good. I don't know. Deontay okay. Banks, uh, his official visits are over. Ravens were not on there. I I keep so. trying to tell you guys that doesn't matter. I mean, it just doesn't. And actually, it probably matters even less with Deontay Banks because they go. Well, they've seen him. They yeah. know. Yeah. Like they've been. Sca- I I try to tell you, like the Ravens send guys to Maryland games to practices all the time. They know. They constantly know. 
So the other thing that I keep trying to tell you guys, don't get worked up about. If you want to say, hey, this is interesting, fine, say it's interesting. But remember, like, when they met with Lamar Jackson, they tried to keep it completely under wraps. They did it under the cloak of night. Like, they they will draft guys that they visited with. They will draft guys they didn't visit with. There is no track record that says what we can read into it. If you think it's an interesting tidbit, think it's an interesting tidbit about who somebody met with or didn't meet with. But to think it there draws a parallel or that you're only going to draft a player that you had a visit with or anything like that, Deontay Banks, it makes all the sense in the world for the Ravens to say, why would we waste a visit on a guy that we know inside and out, that we have spent time with, that we've been at practice with? We, we know that guy. Doesn't mean they're going to draft him. We make that abundantly clear. But they know him. So we only get 30 visits. We want to get to know guys that we maybe don't know quite as much. I did see that they brought in, was it Jarrett that visited this week or – Maybe he just had a local workout. I don't yeah. know what it was. I don't because there's local workout day too, where they bring in a bunch of those guys. Like the Joey Fisher, I know, came in for local workout gotcha. day. So I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. I just I know enough about visits to know that they don't matter the way that people want them to matter. So that's all I'm saying about that particular topic. Let's go ahead and get a tidbit. All right. Tidbit of the day is brought to you today by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines. So you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, Chris Paul. So last night, uh, uh, Scott Foster was the yes. was, yeah, the, this, was the official. It finally ended. Game. It did. It finally, finally ended. ended. They got to win. They were uh, so Chris Paul's teams were two and seventeen against the spread. Unbelievable. Uh, and they of course did cover. So they 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 were able to cover. They were able to everything going against Chris Paul and the Suns, and they were able to come back. And win that game. So just a funny tidbit there. It is. It Scott is Foster. one of the great rivalries in the history of sports. And, the, and by the way, remember the Suns were set to win the NBA title two years ago, and all of a sudden Scott Foster showed showed up. The NBA was like, "Eh, not so fast, my friend." And uh, I don't want to talk about that either. As the Suns proceeded to lose the next four after taking a two zero series lead. Totally cool. Totally something I'm definitely over and don't think about all the time. Uh, Walter Rodriguez uh, became the first Tiger to throw eight scoreless innings with no walks former, and ten strikeouts. Former Orioles yeah, farmhand. Former, yeah, former Orioles farmhand. Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, he became the first pitcher for the Tigers to do that. Eight scoreless innings, no walks, and ten strikeouts uh, since Max Scherzer did it in uh, 2012. And as the, as and he was only the third Tiger ever, as it had been over 100 years between Scherzer and the last guy to do it for the Tigers. Bill Donovan did it in 1908 for the Tigers. Eight scoreless, no walks, and ten strikeouts. It only happened three How times about for the Tigers. How yeah. about that? Uh, Bryson Stott led off game one of the Phillies doubleheader yesterday with a single, which gave him a 17-game hit streak to begin the season. He set a Phillies uh, franchise record for most uh, longest hit streak to open a season and broke his tie with uh, your favorite, Puddinhead Jones. Oh, oh, Puddinhead. Who in 19- is that legitimate? Yes. His name is Puddinhead Jones in 1950. That's amazing. He opened up the I've never heard 16. of Puddinhead. That's awesome. Man, I think were he and Tungsten Arm ever teammates? Or? They might have been. I'll look, look into it. I think Tungsten Arm was a little bit before 1950, unfortunately. His, his so. name, the, the G is not on the end. It is Puddinhead. I love that so much. Oh, my God, I love that. It's worth it no matter – I don't even care about any of the rest of the tidbit. It was okay, worth it good. for putting right. it, Joe. Bautista's uh, splitter, this graphic was going around yesterday. How it has is that the a real thing? highest whiff rate in the league by over 20%, Bautista's splitter. 
Um, do you want to try to guess who's second best pitch is? Is the best pitch in baseball? Will, hang on, I don't care about this. Willie Puddinhead Jones <laughs> played for the Phillies from '47 to '59. Man, he had a hell of a career. He was a two-time All-Star. Uh, the Indians in '59. He played for three different teams. '59 was a tough year for him. He played for three different teams: mm, the Phillies, geez. Indians, and the Reds. He's in the, on the Philadelphia Phillies Wall of Fame. Uh, Willie Jones. Uh, Willie Puddinhead. I don't know how he became Puddinhead. Nobody, nobody's got that information. Oh, he served our country. He uh, grew up in uh, uh, North Carolina and uh, served in the Navy during World War II. Uh, so he's an American hero on top of everything else. God, he's my new favorite baseball player. That's all I want to do is talk about Puddinhead Jones. Head Jones. God, that's so great. Yes, did you have something else there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Before it's not as exciting. He's got the best pitch in baseball. Oh, right, yeah. splitter. 95% whip for it. Whip did we try to track down the pitching ninja guy? Uh, yeah, we, we, we're working on it. Okay. It's no avail. Right. I'll keep, I'll keep exhausting my efforts. Try tweeting him? Did you try uh, that? No, not yet. I'll try I'll that. I'll try that. Yeah. Um, do you want to try to guess who's the second, whose second best pitch uh, is? His name is Dre Jameson. Do you, <laughs> I've never heard of Dre Jameson. All right, well, so that was gonna be my tip. Can you guess what team he's on? No, I've never. How I've never heard of this man. He is on the Diamondbacks. He actually, oh, sure. He actually started last night and got hit pretty hard okay. by the Cardinals. So his right. whiff rate probably even That's probably right. went rough, down. Rough Seventy-three percent. His yeah. you, know, you, know, you know what they say. The second best pitch in baseball. After last night, I forgot about Dre. You forgot about Dre? Yeah. Huh. You know that. I, I know. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Ah. Ah. Forgot about Dre. Really? No, I. 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 Nowadays, everybody want to talk like they got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. And mother effers act like they forgot about Dre. <sighs> I hate. I hate. Sorry. I hate, I, I hate the world that I live in. I don't in know currently. the song. I'm, I hate, I'm sorry. I hate this world. I don't want to live here any longer. I'm sorry. One day I was walking by. It's like the. Oh, Clayton Clearshaw also picked up his 200th career win yesterday. Uh, just the third most among active pitchers. Um, so I was going to see if you could name, uh, you know, the top ten. I don't want to. Okay. I don't want to. I guess Sorry. it's fair. I'm boycotting. I guess it's fair. I'm boycotting this. I'm can so you name the other it. two who have 200 wins? There are two other active pitchers that yeah. have 200 wins, really? Yes. Uh, Scherzer? Scherzer is one, 203. Granky? Granky is the other, All right. 223. And what did you want me to do? What was I was going to see if you could round out the top 10 of this, so the, the closest top guys. The, the next closest only has 143, so it'll be some time before oh, we good. get another 200 win. All right, so hang on. There's Scherzer. How many total are there? Uh, all right, so there'll be seven more. Because yeah, it counts Kershaw. Yes. All right, Kershaw, Scherzer, Granky. Um... Uh, and Wainwright's not still active. Wainwright is no longer active. Uh wow! It, I you know it's funny like it does it really is a yeah. drop off from there to like you start sort of guessing like could it be could it be Rich Hill for example? It is not Rich Hill. I still think that was a good guess. Yeah, not bad. Let's see, where's Rich Hill? He has eighty three. Boy, I didn't realize it was yeah. that. Isn't he like a fifty years old? Right. No. Eighty eighty three and sixty one. I didn't know. Career. I knew it took a minute, but geez, that is rough. Um. Uh, Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is on this list, 134, fifth most among active pitchers. I'm trying to think. Now I'm getting to the point where, like, are there there are guys that I genuinely don't know if they're still active or not, right? Like, is Cole Hamels active? Cole Hamels is not active. Okay. These guys are all, like, they're all, yeah, like, they've, they've all pitched this year. Oh, um, well, oh, my God. Uh, uh, Johnny Cueto, because he was an answer earlier in the yes, year. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he is. And he is fourth on this list, 143. Nine wins ahead of Garrett Cole. 
Is Corey Kluber on the list? Corey Kluber is on this list. He rounds out that top 10 for you. 113 for Corey Kluber. Is Steven Strasburg on the list? Steven Strasburg sits 11th. He's 11th. So just outside. Is Hugh Darvish on the list? Hugh Darvish is not on the list. He's at 95, so he's uh, top 15 there. Not going to go well. Is Bumgarner. Bumgarner is on this list. He is uh, actually tied with Garrett Cole. 134 wins for Mad Bum. Seven. Uh, all right. Yes, three more. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's see. Two of them actually pitched yesterday. Oh, good. And I the other one pitches tonight. <laughs> yes, because as you know, <laughs> I'm perusing. One of them had a great start last night for an AL East team. One of them had a great start last night for an AL East team. Well, that could be anybody. Um, is it a Ray? It is not a Ray. Is it a Red Sox? It is a Red Sox. So is that Lance Lynn? Is no. He's well, not Lance Lynn is, the, is, he's, oh, is he? he's not a Red Sox. He where pitched, is Lance Lynn now? He pitched for the White Sox. Oh, that's right. That's where he is. I yes. did know that. And he is on this list. <laughs> well, how about that? I stumbled into accidentally getting one right. So, 123 on wins for Lance Lynn. Hang on a second. Hang on. Shut up. <laughs> So no, but yes. Right. No, it still counts. It still counts. It's enough of you. Who's a Red Sox now? He had like 11 strikeouts last night. Actually. All right, that's enough. I don't know. Hang on. Lefty. Who else is with the Red Sox? Former Cy Young. And it's not Kluber because I already he, got he him. He was a former, former White Sox. Oh, oh, Chris Sale. Yeah, Chris yeah, Sale, yeah. Chris Sale, yes. Chris Sale. Yeah. One more. He's a pitcher for Atlanta. Pitches Charlie tonight. Morton. Charlie Morton. Yes, Charlie Morton. 118 wins for him, rounding out that top 10 along with Chris Sale and Corey Kluber. Lance Lynn was in Boston at one point, right? I'm not just making that up. He's been a lot. In, I know. I, I don't. I don't. Wasn't he a Red Sox at some point? Um, let me see his career stats here. Lance oh, he's Lynn, never a Red Sox. Yeah, I have I no know. idea. He's always I, a Cardinal. I have no idea where that came from. Texas for a little bit. All right. Well, whatever. It he worked. He's a twin. We'll take. We'll we'll take it. We so got. Is, it. is he a good one for uh, Patrick? I think Steve? I think Patrick he's Steve? on the list. I think oh, we already did him okay. at some point. All right, very good. Uh, here's what's coming up tonight, Totally Tubular-wise. Tubular is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, where right now you can take advantage of great offers for betting on your phone, including PointsBet offering you five second-chance bets when you deposit and bet your first $50. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, however, is the only way for you to take advantage of that offer. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. All right, uh, here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise tonight. As we mentioned earlier, Kyle Bradish indeed gets the start against Mackenzie Gore. Orioles National, 7 o'clock. Orioles broadcast on Masson 2. Big Ten Network Plus, Maryland Baseball takes on James Madison at 6.30. MLB Network has Diamondbacks Cardinals at 1. Phillies White Sox at 4. Angels Yankees at 7. TNT, Lakers Grizzlies, game 2 at 7.30. What a strange choice to put a Western Conference game on at 7.30. At 6.30 Memphis time, it's 4.30 L.A. time. Very odd choice, but Lakers-Grizzlies game two on TNT at 7.30. Timberwolves-Nuggets game two at 10 on TNT, and then NBA TV has Heat-Bucks game two at 9. ESPN, Panthers-Bruins game two, 7.30. Kings-Oilers game two at 10. Islanders-Hurricanes game two at 7 on ESPN2, followed by Wild Stars game two at 9.30. TBS has AW Dynamite at 8, and then a friendly tonight between the U.S. and Mexico at 10 o'clock. 
Paramount Plus for Champions League action, Inter Milan and Benfica at three, Bayern Munich and Man City at the same time. Non-sports highlights. Uh, yeah, there's a couple finales uh, tonight. Abbott Elementary, the season two finale. This is a season finale? Yes, Jeez. for Abbott Elementary, yeah. That's already, I wonder if they're going to predict more amazing things for the yeah. Orioles tonight. Well, the like Orioles tonight, just won the World Series. Tonight they say, like, uh, you know, Kyle Gibson throws a perfect game or yeah. something like that. Uh, Michelle Obama's gonna be on Fallon, um, promoting cocaine bear. Uh, is is that maybe it's out know. on Peacock? It now, is out on Peacock. So yeah, maybe that's what she's there to promote. I hope. Uh, Snowfall. It is the series finale of Snowfall on FX. Maybe maybe Michelle Obama's there to talk about Guardians because we're only a couple weeks away from that. She was. Is she in Guardians? I, I, it's a bit, man. No. That, like when I don't know what she's plugging, no, so no. like I just say whatever. Th- Nowadays, everybody want to talk. They got something to say, but nothing comes out when they move their lips. She's plugging the Oreo game. That's what she's. Dave, new episode of that on FXX. Uh, Mandalorian season Dave's three been finale. Okay. It's been okay. Has it? It's been fine. Yeah. Like I, you know, it's I've always had problems with Dave. Where like I just don't like Lil Dicky as many as other people do. Um, and like I've always dealt with the fact that like Gata is drastically more talented than he is. So like what? It's always been a struggle for me. And they've kind of danced it around it a couple of times, but never really like gone there. But it, it's funny. Like it's there's enough funny there that makes up for my issues with. The, the premise, you know what I mean? I, remember, like, I, I, I liked Lil Dicky a lot when I was in high school. Yes, that sounds like then, something that yeah. a, a, every, every yeah. I think of a certain age, like not my age, but I think every little boy <laughs> found Lil Dicky to be hilarious, right? Like, yes. yeah, and, I did. And he's okay as a rapper. Like, he's, he's good enough to make the two things work somehow. But it's just not, his rapping has never been for me. Um, even though I know people say he's very good, it's just never been for me. His music's not for me. Um, the show is is funny enough. It's funny enough that like when I get frustrated about certain things, I'm like, all right, I I can make up for it because yeah. it's it's funny. Good. Uh, and then uh, Mandalorian season three finale on Disney Plus, and a new episode of Ted Lasso as well. Today. Right. Uh, I actually already watched. Oh, you did. Ted Lasso. Uh, the yeah. Did they? Th- I guess they're doing midnight too. Because I watched it. Would, it. I watched yeah. it last night after the Suns game. Okay. I watched. Well, you know what? It's not true. I didn't finish it. I started it. And I realized it was like one in the morning. Gotcha. I, said, I didn't watch last week's yet, so I'll be able to just double up right here. All right. The the, the Baltimorean on Jeopardy, he lost last ah, night. Ah, it's a bummer. Yeah, yeah, I'll see you over there, John. All right. Thanks today. To, I got to go to Glory Days. Got a meeting here. Thanks today to, um, oh, God, I've already forgotten. Oh, uh, Russell Melendez, of course, from Johns Hopkins Lacrosse. Thanks also to Ken Zalis and to Jeff Ehrman. Yes, that's right. I don't know what's going on with my brand. A couple things Not great. Uh, we'll get it all up in the greatest hits section of the... Oh, my God. It's so good. Tab at On the program tomorrow, Tyrese Chambers, Maryland wide receiver, Baltimore native, is going to join us. They're getting ready correct. for their spring game. Um, from Navy Lacrosse, another local, Henry Tolker, as they get ready for Army on Saturday night and stuff and things. Stuff and things. All right. Yeah. Very good. Thanks, everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... A.J. Michaels, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Costas Inn, Hartford Community College, Burland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin. At Griffin underscore Bass is how you follow him. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks.